Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. No mercy. No mercy. Hello there, and welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories. I'm your host, Brian Davis. For this episode, we're going to cover our favorite movie villains. With the caveat being that we're not going to cover superhero movies in this particular episode. You know, the thing about movie villains is you really need a strong villain in, in most movies. And if you don't, then the hero just can't be um, as successful. They can't re- reach their full potential. Um, and so what we're going to try to do is find, you know, the people that we like the most. This isn't a top list. This is more like our personal favorites. And so when I read you my list, I, you know, keep in mind, I know I'm missing tons of people. Um, but again, this is what I enjoy. And, and when you hear the interviews, what people, what it came to mind. And inevitably, when you're listening to this, you'll be like, well, why didn't they say this? Why didn't they say that? And, and that's, that's the fun part about that. So if you do hear villains that you think should have been on the list, be sure to join our Facebook page or uh, shoot us an email just saying, you know, hey, this is, why did you miss this, this person? Number 10 on my list is Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins in the classic Hitchcock film Psycho from 1960. So the thing about Norman Bates is he's not your typical villain. Um, obviously, if you watch the movie, you become somewhat empathetic to <laughs> what's going on in his head. Um, but yeah, he's, it's almost like he's battling himself more than anything else. And uh, I don't know about you, I almost didn't want him to get caught. <laughs> You're almost rooting for him. So in a way, this is a kind of a different, than, different villain than, than traditional movies. Uh, but Anthony Perkins is amazing, and you know many feel that this this uh, Norman Bates is one of the all-time great villains, and it's hard to dispute. Is your time so empty? No. Well, I run the office, and uh, tend the cabins and grounds, and, and do little uh, errands for my mother, the one she allows I might be capable of doing. And do you go out with friends? Well, a boy's best friend is his mother. Number nine, it's Mr. Rooney, played by Jeffrey Jones, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986. Now, this is a kind of a fun character. Um, he is evil in his own way, and he's kind of the epitome of a horrible principal. A little different than maybe, say, um, you know, the the head bad guy in, in The Breakfast Club, but I don't think he was a principal. I think he was, like, the dean of students. But in any case, Mr. Rooney, you know... In some ways, you almost feel bad for him because Ferris always gets his number. Um, but no, he's just he just one bad scenario after another, and he keeps falling into all these traps that you just can't help but but laugh at him. But he's so despicable that you know he, he keeps getting it every time, and, and you laugh every single time. But Jeffrey Jones does a, a really terrific job playing this character, and and frankly, he's always going to be known as Mr. Rooney. Ed Rooney. How are you today, sir? Well, we've had a bit of bad luck this morning, as you may have heard. Yeah, I heard, and oh, I'm all broken up. Boy, what a blow. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's been a tough morning, and uh, we've got a lot of family business to take care of, so if you wouldn't mind excusing Sloan, I'd uh, appreciate it. Uh, uh, sure. Yo, I'd be happy to. Yeah, you, uh, you, you just produce a corpse, and uh, I'll release Sloan. I want to see this dead grandmother firsthand. It's all right, Grace. It's Ferris Bueller, little twerp. Come 
going to set a trap and let him fall right into it. Uh, uh, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, did you say you wanted to see a body? Yeah, that's right. Just uh, roll her old bones on over here, and I'll dig up your daughter. You know that school <laughs> policy. Oh. Uh, was this your mother? Uh, no, my wife's mother. Ed Rooney's office. Hi, this is Ferris Bueller. Can I speak to Mr. Rooney, please? Thank you. Uh, hold. Tell you what, dipshit. If you don't like my policies, you can just come on down here and smooch my big old white butt. Ed. Pucker up, buttercup. What? Ferris Bueller's online, too. Number eight is Steph, played by James Spader in the movie Pretty in Pink from 1986. So the thing about Steph is he's just like that asshole that you nobody wants to be around. He's entitled, he, he's arrogant, and he thinks he knows everything. And people just put up with him because he's all of that. But um, just the way he treats other people and the way he even treats his quote-unquote friends, um, he's just he's so good as the, as the bad, bad kid or bad teenager in 80s films. And uh, James Spader in general is great in this type of role that I, I, you'd almost, I wouldn't say typecasted him, but um, you know he's, he's best as, as the villain in most movies. But to me, his his uh, signature role will always be Steph in, in Pretty in Pink. I thought that was very uncool of you last night, Blake. What? What? You mean Andy? Yeah, I mean Andy. What's the big deal? I like her. Matter of fact, I was pissed off at you guys for being so nasty to her. It was way out of order for you to foist her on the party. Steph, you hear yourself? You hear the same asshole shit I hear? What, do I have to spell it out for you, Blaine? I guess so. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know. As a matter of fact, everybody's just about to puke for me. You know, if you got a hard-on for trash, don't take care of it around those pal, right? Right, buddy. Listen, I don't need a lot of shit on this one, Blaine, all right? I really don't. Money, all that matters to you. Where, where the hell does that come from? Well, look around you. Would I treat my parents' house like this if my money was any kind of issue? Well, why, why are you doing this, you know? Why don't you just nail her and get it over with, you know? Why are you getting involved? Is there something wrong with that? I just think it's stupid, you know? It's pointless. And your parents, I think they'll be thrilled. They have nothing to do with it. Really? Yeah. I've seen your mother go to work in you, Blaine, you know? It's vicious. And when Bill and Joyce get through with you, you won't know whether to shit or go sail. Listen, I... <laughs> I'm getting really bored with this conversation, all right, Blaine? You know, if you want your little piece of low-grade ass, fine, take it, you know. But if you do, you're not going to have a friend. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you want to make the choice, go ahead and make it, all right? I, I personally wouldn't trash a friendship over it, but, hey, it's fashion, so. Let's take a shower. You look like shit. Number seven is Mr. Potter played by Lionel Barrymore, and It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. Uh, the thing about Mr. Potter is, like, he is probably the epitome of, of, you know, that despicable person that you remember, and, and it's really classic because, you know, that that's the type of villain that kind of, it never goes away. Um, you know, the, the sheer greed and um, not caring about his fellow man, you know, still resonates to this day. Um, so I often go to the uh, Stanford Theater in Palo Alto, California, on Christmas Eve, because they have been doing uh, showings of It's a Wonderful Life um, for probably the past 25 years. 
in every time that Mr. Potter comes on screen, uh, like clockwork, everyone hisses. And it's just, it's amusing to watch, but he really, you know, resonates with the crowd. And, and that's the epitome of a good villain. Um, having James Stewart's character uh, survive after being put through the, the ringer from Mr. Potter makes it that much better. It makes the payoff that's that much better. And Lionel Barrymore is just simply awesome. There's a guy that could pretty much play any role. He could be uh, the happy-go-lucky dad and you can't take it with you, but you could also play the heavy villain and It's a Wonderful Life. Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point? The point is I want to hire you. Hire? Uh, I want you to manage my affairs, run my properties. George, I'll start you out at $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year? You wouldn't mind living in the nicest house in town, buying your wife a lot of fine clothes, a couple of business trips to New York a year, maybe once in a while Europe. You wouldn't mind that, would you, Jones? Would I? You're not talking to somebody else around here, are you? You know, this is me. You remember me? George Bailey. George Bailey. George Bailey, whose ship has just come in. Provided he has enough brains to climb aboard. success i'm offering you a three years contract at twenty thousand dollars a year starting today is it a deal or isn't it oh mr potter i i i know i ought to jump at the chance but i i just uh i, I wonder if it'd be possible for you to give me 24 hours to think it over sure 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 you go on home and talk about it to your wife i'd like to do that yeah in the meantime i'll draw up the papers all right sir okay george Okay, Mr. Potter. All right. Oh. No, 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 wait a minute here. Wait a minute. I don't need 24 hours. I, I don't have to talk to anybody. I know right now, and the answer's no, no. Doggone it. You sit around here, and you spin your little webs, and you think the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. In the, in the whole vast configuration of things, I'd say you were nothing but a scurvy little spider. You, And that goes for you, too. For you Number six, The Fratellis, played by Anne Ramsey, Robert Davi, and Joey Pants in The Goonies from 1985. So the thing about, and this is the first one I chose, it's like actually a group, but really they all kind of go together. Um, much like, um, you know, Mr. Rooney and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, this is a comedy. But still, you, you know, even in a comedy, you can have villains. And in this case, the Fratellis are, are so good, but they're still creepy and scary at the same time. And, and you know, obviously the way they treat Sloth, um, you know, you, you really, you're really rooting for the kids and for Sloth to, um, you know, to get even with them. And then the payoff at the end is, is just as good. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting to have more, even more of a backstory just on the Fratellis. Um, but no, that's, they are, they're some of the best villains in, in comedy movies that I, that I've ever witnessed. Zitta, zitta, stupido, non capisce niente. 
va bene, va bene mamma, ho capito. Boys, eh? Mi chi sto scatto, ma butto fuori questi zinzetti, eh? Ci sono cookie sono. Number five is Hannibal Lecter, played by Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs from 1991. So this is a tough one, and Hannibal Lecter is referred to many times in, in, in interviews coming up, and you know, it, it would be easy to say Buffalo Bill, and actually Buffalo Bill is the real main villain, but it's, you know, it's easy to forget that Hannibal Lecter is not a good guy, um, but Anthony Hopkins is just so good, um, and even though he is a villain, you're almost rooting for him because there's a villain that's even worse than Buffalo Bill. But that being said, there's so much depth to Anthony Hopkins' character, and nobody could have played the role as good as, as he did. Um, you know, there was a movie that came out in 1986 called Manhunter, which was basically Silence of the Lambs, uh, completely different characters, and, and Hannibal Lecter's barely in it. Um, but no, th there could be no other uh, actor that could play Hannibal Lecter better than Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Agent Starling, you think you can dissect me with this blonde little tool? No, I, I thought that your knowledge... You're so ambitious, aren't you? You know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a robe. A well-scrubbed, hustling robe with a little taste. Good nutrition's giving you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia... Is your father dear? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? And oh, how quickly the boys found you. All those tedious, sticky fumblings in the backseats of cars while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the empty You see a lot, Doctor. But are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't you, why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see? A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Number four is Mr. Hart, played by Dabney Coleman in 9 to 5 from 1980. Now this might seem like an oddball choice to you, but if you've never seen 9 to 5, I mean, this is the epitome of a bad, bad boss. Um, the famous line said by Jane Fonda is that he's a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. And that is him. That is his character sun summed up in basically five or six words. Um, when I was a kid, I had no idea what any of those words meant, but I knew he was a bad guy. And, uh, and it just made the payoff at the end with the three women, um, Jane Fonda, Dolly Parton, and Lily Tomlin, just made it that much better because he deserved everything he got. And... Uh, and really kind of set the 
set the role for eventually uh, other bad bosses and that you'll hear about later on, on this podcast. But no, Dabney Coleman is so good, and he really owns his character. And uh, I can't imagine anyone playing uh, Franklin Hart better than Dabney Coleman. I'd like to thank Judy. If, if there is a word to describe my philosophy of business, it's teamwork. Everybody working together. You girls, of course, never got a chance to play football or baseball. And I, I've always felt like that's unfortunate because I think it's, it's probably the best place to learn what teamwork is all about. I remember Coach Fry used to tell us, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Its weakest link. Chair fixed. Well, I, I'm not going to bore you with a long harangue. Just suffice to say that it is a jungle out there. But if we all work together, we can cut the balls off the competition. Be sitting pretty right on top of the hill. Thank you, sir. I'm happy to be working here. Well, you're a welcome addition, and a damn pretty one too, if I might add. Thank you, sir. Now, I mean that. You should see some of the crones that have been coming through here lately. Real pathetic, right, Violet? Oh, Violet, by the way, my wife is coming by later on. I'd like to get her a little present. Could you pick her out a nice scarf or something? Mr. Hart, we've discussed this before. I don't think it's my place to shop. Violet, God damn it! you know, I've been standing up here for five minutes talking about teamwork, and the first thing I know, you're not there for the handoff. All I'm saying, Mr. Hart, is that my job description doesn't say anything about making purchases for your wife. And all I'm saying is that I like people around me who are flexible and get along. So when I ask an employee, especially one who wants to be promoted to management, I expect a little cooperation. You savvy? Savvy. Good. And we're talking silk, blue, maybe a little red stripe. You're talking to the right person. Violet's the best. First person I met at the company. Knows more about what's going on here than anybody but Mr. Hinkle. Oh, oh a deer. Yeah, lucky shot. But Judy, uh, listen, if you ever have anything of a serious nature on your mind at all, I want you to feel free to come in here and talk to me about it because that's... Well, that's actually why I have my office on this, this floor, is to be close to my girls. Okay? Certainly. Thank you. Okay. Oh, is uh, Dora Lee back yet? No. Well, get me a little coffee then, Violet. Uh, no sugar, just a little skinny and sweet. Yes, sir. Well, that's Franklin Hart, Jr. But to me, he'll always be F. Hart. Number three is Doyle Lonegan, played by Robert Shaw from The Sting from 1973. Now, The Sting is one of the all-time greatest movies, hands down. I mean, it's just, it is quite possibly a perfect film. And that's saying a lot, considering it came after Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, but I think, you know, even though Paul Newman and Robert Redford are amazing, especially Paul Newman, um, what carries, not carries the film, but what really... Um, is the glue that really pieces everything together in addition to all the great character actors is Robert Shaw because Lonigan is just a, a ball breaker and he's got that terrific Irish brogue and he just makes it that much better because you're really rooting for these guys to nail him and the payoff is that much better but he is so good Robert Shaw was good in almost everything he was in um, of course people remember him as Quint and Jaws and he's almost like kind of the anti-hero in that too but Playing Doyle on again, that, that is one of his uh, all-time best roles. <laughs> Tough luck, Ron Ann. But that's what you get for playing with your head up your ass. <laughs> A couple more like that, we can all go to bed early. 
Lonergan. Dial Lonergan. You're going to remember that, Mr. Shaw. You're going to get yourself another game. You follow? Number two is Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T in the movie Rocky III from 1982. Now, there's a few villains in Rocky III, uh, one being Hulk Hogan, uh, who plays the notorious Thunder Lips in the wrestling scene that Sylvester Stallone does for charity. But really, uh, Mr. T is so bad, bad meaning good and bad meaning bad, um, in the film that uh, they have to get Apollo Creed to team up with Rocky in order to defeat um, Mr. T. Um, I just loved all the, the lines in it, and he's just he's so perfect in that role because uh, you just really want Rocky to beat him, but you don't know if he can. Um, so yeah, that, that that I always loved Mr. T, and I loved him so much that once after I saw this, then I really got into the A-Team and uh, B.A. Baracus. And so yeah, so Mr. T, definitely one of the best villains on my list. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. And I would destroy any man who tries to take what I got. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. And number one on my list of favorite movie villains, it's a, it's a double pick. And it's uh, Johnny Lawrence and John Kreese, uh, played by William Zabka and Martin Cove from The Karate Kid uh, from 1984. Now, if you remember, Kreese is the evil sensei. And so while Johnny definitely wreaks havoc and, and makes uh, Daniel-son's life a living hell, it really all stems from uh, the evil sensei, played by Kreese. Um, you know, they don't learn any of this bad stuff unless it was from him. And so while, yes, Johnny tortures <laughs> uh, Daniel nonstop, it really comes from Kreese. And so to see, you know, like the, you know, sweep the leg, you got a problem with that, uh, no mercy. That is still one of my all-time favorite lines. Um, and it just makes, you know, and then you have the evil spooky music in the background. It's just, it's so good. So while, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot from Rocky with the underdog story. Those two guys were the epitome of 80s bad guys, especially William Zabka, who then went on to play the bad guy in Just One of the Guys. And then he played the teenage bad guy in the movie uh, back to School, which Rodney Dangerpool was in. So he kind of got typecast in the bad guy role, but he played it so well that, come on, I mean, it would have been better as Johnny. So yes, that is my top 10 list of my favorite movie villains. Enjoy everyone else's interviews, and I'll come back later. All right, so we're here with Sarah Macris, who has been my friend and best hairstylist I've known for over 10 years. Yeah, I'm thinking 12. Thinking Actually. 12? Okay. So we, um, see the great part of when I get my hair cut is that... This it's not is long a, enough? Well, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because all we ended up talking about is movies and, and just random stuff. Right. And so um, we could basically have a podcast on our own. Right. And so Every this might be this... In. Yeah, this might be the start of something. This is a good thing. So um, I decided... I think we're hilarious. I think we're hilarious too. This <laughs> might just be the whole show. don't listen to us. <laughs> we better promote then after this. I totally will. So what we're going to do is we're going to just discuss movies with Sarah. And um, the first one we're going to go through is um, what is your favorite villain or villains in movies? Because I'm sure you have a lot. Okay. I'm not like the big, oh, comic book movie. I know everyone's like, oh, Batman. Well, eh. 
I don't really care. I think that could be its own episode. Right. That yeah. totally could. So, so non-superhero. Non-scary movie, because that's what I came up with a few of them. But mm-hmm. then I was like trying to remember the time I'm watching a movie and I'm like, God, I hate that guy. Yeah. Like I want it. I can't swear, right? You can do whatever you want. I was like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, one of the first ones I came up with was the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's like, when the, that person gets theirs at that point in the movie, when you're all, yes, like, you know, when the cops come and he's, that's when you know, like, okay, I, I kind of like the justice in that, whether they're a good villain or not, but I'm like, okay, everybody needs to get theirs because it's not cool. But that's a, that's the epitome of a really good actor and, and villain. You have to hate them enough for the payoff to be that mm-hmm. good. Exactly. And that definitely, he was he, vicious. Yeah. Yeah. All, but in the same time, in same note, with hating a villain John Travolta is is another one that came to me is that he is so good I could hate him but then I still like him and everything else like I still look at him I'm like oh he's 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 great and something I'm and maybe that's not good because I'm watching him thinking I still like him even though he's an asshole yeah but he's pretty good at like keeping people you know impress he impresses me on either end mm-hmm. so and I'll always watch a movie that he's in as sure. opposed to Tom Cruise I'll, and Angelina I'll avoid all the time <laughs> whether they're good care. or bad I don't even yeah. care if you paid me for free <laughs> in my neighbor's garage I wouldn't watch Angelina <laughs> what if we get him on the podcast you're not gonna listen um maybe maybe oh yeah 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 for sure okay for sure okay can I make fun of him of course you can okay. make fun of him then that will be the last time they're on the show he's four feet tall. yes uh <laughs> so those are those are the two main ones well Whatever. yeah for now yeah so did you come up with any other ones um or? well I came and this is not a person necessarily, but it was the alien from, from the alien, alien movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, because, and there's never a point to where you ever think, uh, unlike I, the Anthony Perkins from Psycho, where you're like, he's whack, yeah. but I feel bad because he has issues and his mom jacked him up. It's true. Or like Hannibal Lecter, yep. who's a great villain, but he's so charming. Yeah. And you're like, I totally would let you eat my face off. I don't care. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> so, and he's not even the worst villain because of right. Buffalo Bill. Right. So, yeah. But then, uh, what was it? And was it Red Dragon? Was that this? No, which, um, no, Hannibal, the, the rich guy that he ends up feeding to the pigs. Yes, yes. Uh, and that was, um, I love that actor. Anyway, he is, uh, he's another, what's his name? I'll have to go back and fact okay. check. Okay. But yeah. yes. <laughs> anyway, normally I know that one. Um, so, anyway, but he, he in Hannibal, he's... He's a charming wacko. Yeah. Um, but the alien, like, character, the actual alien in all the Sigourney Weaver, Ridley Scott movies. Yeah. Like, he designed it like a spider. And every and it just, and it, and it went <laughs> across the floor. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know where it is. And then it freaking latches onto your face. <laughs> it's the last thing you ever want. You know, it's like, I have a dentist come at me. Don't come <laughs> near me. <laughs> and then you're so, just, ugh. It just skeeves me out. That's all. I think I think we might have to do an interview just about your dentist experience. Oh. <laughs> that, that would be good. Yeah. You don't like me anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything's an alien. Right, so. well, don't come hear me. Okay, so other villains, did you, did you have any? Mm, God, you know what? I know there's... Some, some will probably come, come to me as you're speaking, okay. and then I'll totally interrupt. That's fine. Okay. So we're going to go back. So since you're coming into the fourth episode... Okay. And I definitely want to... Because I'm late always. It's that's my signature it's true. Move. So why... <laughs> <laughs> this is your first, but it's the fourth episode. Right. Uh, we're going to... Because you... I'm sure you have great answers for all these. Uh, what was the first movie you actually saw in, a, in the theater? Um, I'm pretty sure it was... The timing's so close. It was either mm. Quest for Fire, right, which I really didn't care a whole lot about when you're like six, mm. and the movie broke. 
at the end. No and way. People lost their shit. They were like, it probably about ten minutes till the end, and I just remember being like, was that part of the movie? Like, what's going on? And then E.T. of course. Okay. Which I can remember it being really sad. My cousin crying, my sister crying, and me just being like, are you gonna eat that? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people said E.T. Well, that was my first movie, really? too. Really? I yeah. remember going, yeah. And so, but I'm pretty sure it was probably something I didn't want to see. Or it was probably Quest for Fire in the mm-hmm. movie theater. Uh, Drive-In was yeah. Private Benjamin. That's which awesome. I, which I ended up watching something on the screen in <laughs> silent <laughs> next to me because I was like, what is this? I love Goldie Hawn 80s movies. Those, I do, yeah. but when, when I was like five, no, I, was, yeah. I couldn't appreciate it. No, not at all. Now I'm like, I love it. It was yeah. great. It was funny. So so it's funny thing. So movie breaking, that happened to me watching Showgirls when I was 17. You saw that at a theater. At a theater. But you were 17, so now we're okay. So okay. this... Were you the only one in the theater? No, there were plenty because everyone did want everyone wanted to see Elizabeth Berkeley without her clothes on. Right, right, right. So seventeen. And to see what it's like to like what it must have been like in the seventies when you had to go to pretty a much watch it, the an X-rated right. film. Yeah. Right. So, but halfway through, it started to flicker, oh. and then it was like the Gremlins, like the whole thing. Oh, melted away. Yeah, and so we're all like, "Is this part of the movie? Like, this is awful." <laughs> that awesome. is well, yeah, because yeah. it's like apparently the guys uh, who ran the movie theater watched it. A, a bit too much. That's it. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. So we got a free movie out of it. I still don't know how it ends, though. So it pretty much ends as stupidly as it started. So you have seen. So it. you're good. Okay. okay. Yeah, I have good. seen it because okay. everybody's been hungover on a couch all day, like trying to <laughs> having nothing to do but be like, I just lost two hours of my life. I might as well watch Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> and you didn't get a refund either. So. Yeah. No, but it was free at least. I don't know if it was, if it was on Skinamax or like <laughs> HBO or whatever. But I was like, is Cinemax right. still a station? It is still a station. I don't get it because I'm not that cool. But it doesn't. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, and so is the movie channel, which I don't get either. I right. Like, I only get the other budget ones. The on- what, Encore? Encore, yeah. HBO, Showtime, I pay $10 for. Yeah. And as you can see, after I upgraded my new boxes, <laughs> Better still I be. haven't returned them because yeah. I'm like, if they call me, I'm going to be like, guess what? Your new ones don't work so well. <laughs> so anyway, but I don't. And where's my Cinemax? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got through. For, okay, what what is your favorite horror movie? I know you're way into scary <sighs> Sci-fi. The one but, that scarred me the most yes. to this day would be uh, the alligator movie from like 1982. <laughs> That's awesome. Because my sister and I won't go anywhere near a pool if the sun is starting to go down. Mm-hmm. Like something's wrong in there. Um, I. It's funny. I'm not a big um, gory slasher. Like that kind of maybe kind of grosses me out a little. Like those Saw movies I won't see. Yeah. I, of course I've seen Friday the 13th sure. and all those. And it's pretty much... It's funny, though, to me, because, one, the soundtrack is what makes it scary. Him and Michael Myers, you turn it on mute, and you're like, okay, weirdo white guys in masks. I don't care. (laughs) But it's like the formula is pretty much like, okay, you have five people, young people, chicks wear no bras, Mm -hmm. and they go for midnight swims when three people are already missing, and it's like, oh, is that you? Is that you, Jeff? <laughs> no, it's a weirdo guy with a fucking yeah. machete. So, but that's that, wasn't that the point of like the early Friday? It was like yes. it, it was you were having teenage sex, right? So that's, right, and that's what you're gonna die exactly. if you do that. So yeah. they were. Tra- it's basically like the old you'll go blind if you match exactly. Yes, yeah. No, but they were doing. But if you watch them now, when's the last time you saw one of those? <sighs> Year, it's probably ten years. Ten fifteen. I only like this. I like movies. Uh, that are spooky, but maybe kind of could be true, you know? Like, I remember watching, like, The Sixth Sense or things like that, where mm-hmm. at the end you're like, holy shit, yeah. or whatever. But I remember, the I think it was the first or second Friday the 13th, when all of a sudden you realize, like, you see him flashing back to his mom. Yes. And then he looks, and then you feel kind of sad for him. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Because really, the hockey masks didn't come into the when they dug them up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. How so. many? You know, there's what thirteen of those. God, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. only really seen. I think the first four or five. Yeah, because so. you have a life. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> and Thank you don't you. play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't all I, night. Yes. Yeah. So our, our audience might. But that's yeah. Right. yeah. Other horror movie. I'm trying to think of. I know there's probably some good scary ones, but that. Uh, but I'm not a big. You know, I like think if it, if it could be real. So again, it could have to be something that's a little more spooky rather than slasher. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's. There's so many. But it's so funny you said alligator. Someone uh, mailing on our podcast when you have to listen. He picked alligator. Have you yeah. have you ever watched the trailer for those old movies? Oh, the guy great. who's on them. Yeah, like, who does the, it's the same it's voice. A movie yeah. from, I'm like, Whoa! It kind of it's almost like I, I, now it's not funny. Now it's not good anymore because yeah. it, it was so kind of cheesy at the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have what you have a favorite scary movie? The scary. Uh, see, because generally how this works is yeah. when you're getting your haircut, you yeah. say something that all makes something. my ADD That's go. True. And <laughs> and the original thing that we were talking about, it's like way off yonder. And I'm like, yeah. well, okay, what were we talking about in the beginning? How did I get over here? So like, the, the, I, I don't really like super, super scary. It's not that I'm scared of them, but scared. I enjoy. I you're enjoy, scared. Let's just be honest. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy the original universal horror films, like the original Dracula and the original, oh. not because they're scary, just because I like the films. Right, um, right, right. They were kind of scary when I was a kid. I did watch Interview yeah. with the Vampire like 17 times <laughs> right. when it was on like HBO back in whatever, 90 something. Right. Even though I hate Tom Cruise, don't tell anybody about that. I guess I yeah. did, yeah. But but you like Brad Pitt, so I like Brad Pitt when he's playing crazy, right? Way better than anything. So like else. Twelve Monkeys. Twelve Monkeys was great. Fight yeah. Club. Yeah. He also was something else. Anything where somebody plays a little loony, that's yeah. where I'm like, I like him. Yeah. Or just off kilter. Not to quote what's his name, like full re- whatever. I never yeah, saw that. Yeah, movie. Oh yeah, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Right. Yes. But like Dustin Hoffman was like Rain Man. I'll watch it every time it's on. Sure. And I remember like Leonardo DiCaprio before he blew up. Yeah. He did What's Eating Gilbert Grape right. when he was like 19. Yes. And he actually got an Oscar nomination nobody knows. And I remember watching yeah. that movie my dad's like, how do they get that retarded kid to yeah. act on cue? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dad, he's not retarded. He's, not he's like, are you shitting me? And I go, no, dad, he's, <laughs> he's not. He's that good. He's that good. Yeah, yes. And he, my dad even said, yeah, him, him and Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, yep. Well, so. the, the quote in Tropic Thunder is you don't go full retard. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a very fine line where you can play like, it's like I remember people who played were, who were pretending to be blind. Yes. If you do that well, okay. If you're, you know. Yeah, uh, Al Pacino. Yes. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to mm-hmm. say. And if, you know, you can do a little bit off, like Benny and June, yeah. you know, they're kind of off. It was good. That's, you didn't go like, yeah, totally yeah. off. The yeah. And I, I think Sean Penn tried it in a movie. And yeah, I am Sam, but it didn't work. It didn't that, work I out. think that was the quote. Yeah. He, just, he didn't, you he can't didn't go work full. that right. Yeah. But, um, Justin Hoffman did it really well. So yeah. anyway, that's another show. Yes, Whoops. it totally is. This okay. is where we go. Okay. So that's off the list. Okay. What was the worst oh, God. movie you saw on a date? Okay. People go to the movies on dates. Yes. I didn't even know they still do that. I thought it was Netflix and chill. <laughs> it kind of is, but we're no, going to no, go I old don't. I've never had the Netflix and chill. I have no. Netflix. I'm waiting for the chill. Um, so, actually, it was kind of recently because I I saw that. What's that magician movie, uh, Now You See Me? Oh, yeah. With the, the second you one? You saw the second one. Did you, had you seen the first one? I did see the first one, which and I liked bad, it, yeah. which is why. And that's the other thing. I won't go to something that I haven't seen. I won't watch something if I haven't seen the first one, mm. which is probably really irritating to some people. Yeah. I also won't watch something if it started, like, two minutes ago. I'm like, I can't miss anything. <laughs> I'm not watching it. i got to record it. Anyway, so I saw that, and I was on a date, and I just was like, even though you're not talking, mm-hmm. you know you're sitting next to somebody that you're like... Oh my god, this is like two hours of my life. I'm never getting back. And like, can I can I fake an injury and throw myself down those little <laughs> steps that are only about three inch rise? I don't know. Is it gonna be obvious? But then I was at Oak Ridge, and well, it's kind of like not really convenient yeah. to get because he drove and 
So, so was this a first date? Or was it- no, it was somebody that I'd already like hung out with before, but I mm-hmm. just was over it. I'm like, eh. and and so I was just like, yeah. It's not happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because <laughs> he's he texted me since then. I'm like, yeah. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. So it I'm was like, like magic. You just magically disappeared. Exactly. Yeah. And the movie was just... If the movie was good, maybe I would have not been so um, aware of okay. the fact that I was with somebody I didn't want to be with. Yeah. Was, but, yeah. Thank God I didn't have to speak much. But. <laughs> and I want to say that's one of the only date times I've gone on a date with somebody and like to a movie. I don't... So even back in Because I'm school, a talker. Can you I, imagine how well I, that... No, I, in I, high school I didn't date. In high school I didn't date. You didn't go to any, like, just as... Um, no, I've gone to like movies with friends that were just platonic. Sure. Um, actually my friend Chris and I went to mm-hmm. go see Fo- that Fox Chaser, Fox Catcher, yes. that one with Steve, yes. which was phenomenal, I thought. Anyway, so yeah, we, no, we went into the wrong theater and it was something with like Ethan Hawke and like some six year <laughs> movie, I don't know. And we're sitting there and I'm like, it's like a couple minutes in and I'm all, Dude, what, are we in the right movie theater? And so he was all done and he goes, he walks out and he comes back in and he's all, nope, we're not in the right <laughs> So what did you, you end up not even watching? No, we got up, luckily ours hadn't started yet. So it was like a few minutes, you know, between. And so um, we went in and watched that. And I'm about 15 minutes into the movie and I'm like, I thought you said Steve Carell was in this. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I know. That's what I thought too. And I I couldn't even recognize him because he was so like, that, which is a sign of somebody who's, he was good, creepy. And because he's always so funny, oh, that's another subject altogether. Because he's always so funny, I have a hard time with people like, you know, and he pulled it off. For yeah. Me. Like, I don't think Will Ferrell will ever, ever be able to trick me into being somebody who's not an idiot. Right. I just... just, just what about Jim Carrey? He can be like a depressed idiot. Yeah. But I still, I'm like, God, it's like, all I'm going to see is Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, always, you know? <laughs> right. And so I think like, they say that about Jennifer Aniston is always playing Rachel Green. Yeah. Alas, but that's, not, you know, it's like, it's like, oh no, she did what? Derailed them all. Um, she was Rachel Green on like Xanax and maybe a little bit slutty. Like that's actually, it. that's another great topic. We right. can do actors that can never get out of their stereotype. Yeah, they're the role. same person yeah. always. Yeah, that's like even on in TV, it's like uh, Mad Men. I love that show. Yeah, but I'm really not convinced that um, John Ham. John Ham is yeah. acting. I'm just thinking he's, he's walking just, around just, being himself, right? Kind of, you know, an alcoholic dick or something. Yeah. I, I'd still. I'd still make out with him, but I, <laughs> he just kind of, you're like, hmm. I will let you know when we get John Hammond. Yeah, on the can show. you? Yes. Can you let me know? We will do that. Can I sit on his lap? Uh, you can. Okay, he'll uh, probably say no. Thanks, Not Sarah. I think he's great. <laughs> I'm sure by now you've heard the terrible thing. Man that young, less than a year to go, trying to escape, broke Cat Madley's heart to shoot him. Truly did. We just have to put it behind us. Move on. I'm done. Everything stops. You got something else to in your scales. Okay, we're going to do some of our infamous, famous, whatever we want to call it, roundtable interviews. So for here, we have my other brother, Brian. Brian. <laughs> we have Lindley, super producer, who doesn't produce. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And Samantha. Hello. <laughs> All right. So for this episode, we're going to do your favorite movie villain that isn't a superhero. 
So we'll start with Brian. All right. What do you got? Well, I made a list of top three. And my, my probably... I do have to mention that Darth Vader is my favorite villain, but I'm not going to talk about him because he's kind of a supernatural guy, so we won't talk about him. But okay. I, for the record, that is my favorite villain. Um, so Duly I, noted. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so my number one otherwise is Khan um, from Star Trek II, Ricardo Montalban, who I just... I mean, at the time, I thought it, he was cool and scary, and now it's kind of more like a, a cheese factor, but... Yeah. but um, <laughs> I think it's great. You have a villain who's like super smart. He's strong, and he's um, quoting Shakespeare, and he's just getting in the way of everything that Captain Kirk tries to do. Yes. And he like he has the bugs that he puts in people's ears to control their mind. Yes. It's just like I mean, from right off the bat, that's kind of the first thing he does in the movie. And yeah, it's like okay, this guy is not you know messing that, around. That freaked me out the most in that movie. Like, yeah, I couldn't oh, watch definitely. Like after that, I was like, okay, this guy is bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's an amazing mullet. Yes. And he had the fake chest. Yeah, he's play. got yeah. the yeah, he's got the wrestler chest. Yeah. With with the with the grease and everything. I mean, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that is amazing. Pretty and, classic villain. And thank you for picking this because now I know exactly what the um, movie scene interlude is going to be yes. from the, to the next interview. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> would you like to? No, never mind. I won't. I won't okay. enact it. All right. Any of Khan's quotes would work well. It's too. true. Yeah. He's, he's excellent. All right. So what's number two? Uh, my number two is Hal 9000 from uh, 2001. That's a great one. That's a good one. It's not a person, but an AI, and it's you know still relevant today as we get more and more AI mm -hmm. in, in our daily lives. Um, Did you like the uh, how they had kind of a Hal um, homage in Airplane 2? I'm trying to remember Airplane 2. I, I do remember, <laughs> I movie. like that movie. Do they go to the, and I don't what is what does he do? So to connect the Star Trek uh -huh. uh, connection here, which... There kind of is one. Yeah. Shatner plays the um, the character. He's, like, on, the he's on the moon. Base, right? Yes, yeah. he's the kind of the Robert Stack character. Yeah, movie. yeah. So, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I remember. Yeah, I vaguely remember airplane. I remember airplane, the first airplane more. But yeah, I, I don't know. Hal was just amazing because it's just like this cold, unfeeling thing until like the end where he's where um, Dave is deactivating him and. It, and you start to see like almost this emotion in in Hal, where it's, you know, I feel my mind is going Dave, and he's, right. like, he sings the song, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is kind of creepy. And, so, how many just, times did it take for you to watch two thousand one before you totally got it, or have, do you even still? Because I don't. I probably probably like three or four times. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I, like, if I watch it again, I'd probably say, oh, wait, maybe I don't get it after all. I don't know. The whole ending, I, I don't know if I get it, yeah. honestly. But Have you guys up seen it? Up, up until he goes into hyperspace, I, I think it's a straightforward movie with Hal as the villain. Yeah. And then right after that, it's kind of that more, more open air interpretation, right. yeah. I'd say. Oh, is there an interpretation? That's where they could have used an editor. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's really long. Yeah. yeah. All right, and so what's your third one? Uh, my third one is, this is kind of, well, it's Michael Corleone from Godfather 2, where he's sort of a hero, hero and the villain at the same yeah. time. Yeah, he's kind of the anti-hero. Um, because he's he's basically screwing over his family a lot. Like, yeah. He shuts off his, he cuts off his wife at the end, he kills his brother. Yep. Yes. Um, he's... Kind of, yes. yeah. Poor Fredo. <laughs> you have to kill Fredo. Oh, Fredo. <laughs> Poor Fredo. He's fishing with your son, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, and he's, uh, he's got, 
he's doing the Senate testimony, and they ha- uh, the Senate had the informant uh, Frankie Pentangeli, mm-hmm. who Michael turns back onto his side by using Frankie's older brother, who like has some kind of weird voodoo influence over yeah. Frankie. <laughs> so it's just like all the all the manipulation you see play out throughout the movie, and it's yeah. like he's you see it in parallel to Vito, and you see like Vito is more like. He's kind of protecting his own and his own interests, and Michael's doing that too. But it's also it's just kind of a way more manipulative way, and it's just kind of it just becomes darker as it goes on. Yeah, and I think that's a fascinating part about it too. Was that you really see the rise and the mm-hmm. the, the power goes to his head? And, yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. do you say? So do you like two better than one? I like. I think I like one slightly better, but mm-hmm. they're uh, to me they're kind of like a pair, and I I love them both. So right, they're just like two of my favorites. Well, that's why I mean, at least you lose Brando in two, but you get, yeah. um, get De Niro. De Niro yeah. basically says like five lines, <laughs> that's but true. that's how good he is. I mean, that's yeah. him and and Bruno Kirby plays his buddy oh, yeah, uh, right. when they steal the rug. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Okay, Lindley, those are great. Thank you, Brian. So. Yeah, mine are no good. I don't have anything good to say. You'll have to edit this out. What did I say before? I forget. <sighs> okay, I was thinking about like, Beetlejuice. That's great. Oh, Beetlejuice. That's, That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love Excellent. Beetlejuice. Okay, so yeah. uh, how many times have you seen oh. Beetlejuice? Oh, we watch it um, Beetlejuice, annually. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, yeah. Yeah, well, we watch it annually <laughs> as part of our Halloween you know, movie extravaganza, so... Yeah, we just I've watched it. Exorcist 57 times. <laughs> He's getting funnier every single time. Uh, oh, the mother and Carrie. That's another good film. Uh, you and Carrie. always goes back to Carrie. Oh, that mother's a great. Right. Yeah. She was terrible. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Psycho. Yeah. Norman Bates. But not. But I empathize with Norman Bates. Isn't it the mother who's the awful one, right? I mean, he killed her. And then he went on to he kill did? other people. Yeah, I guess. But this and the endings, I mean that's why Psycho's so great, because it's her voice. I know, right? And then, yeah, yeah. Like I haven't even heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Him thinking her voice. Yes. Right. Okay, to give away a little bit, but anyone yes. listening to this will have already heard my top ten list. That is number ten for mine, is Norman Bates. Oh, it is? Yes. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's you don't know that. No, <laughs> I actually I'm still in your thunder. Darth Vader, though. Yeah. I understand yes. that's kind of ubiquitous and why would you? But it's true, he's the ultimate villain. Or even the star stormtroopers. I told you they really scared me. I had a recurring nightmare about stormtroopers taking over my elementary school. So Brian to the listening audience, Brian. Now they're kind of lovable. And then I told so I already told you guys the story. You were all sitting there, sorry, you have to hear my stories repeated um when i took my son to disneyland now they have stormtroopers right as the characters with darth vader came walking you know swooshing by and literally i mean i was kind of like (gasps) (laughs) even though it's ridiculous these are people dressed up as stormtroopers but still like the child inside of me was still a little fearful because they're pretty it's cool costumes right it's like they're full how do you even survive October? You're admittedly afraid of everything. No, no. I mean, the ones I watch with my kids are more like Beetlejuice level. I don't really get um, fearful. Okay, so Not Beetlejuice is your favorite villain. Wait, oh, from Beetlejuice. Doctor Evil. You said was. Uh, oh, I said Doctor Evil. Yeah. Oh yeah, Doctor Evil. Yeah, you know. Okay, so what about Doctor Evil? You can't. You gotta. It's just a funny portrayal. I don't know. I don't go beyond comedies really. <laughs> I don't watch it. And then we said the Nazis in any movie. Yeah, it's true. The Nazis are usually bad in every movie. I can't think of a good. And in good... real life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, in real life too. When we get this. Which are. Are there any comedies with Nazis in them? Because the, the, sure, the, Mel Brooks comedies with sure. Nazis in them. Right. Yeah. Um, to be or not to be. Uh, with which actually Mel Brooks remade, but the original one with Jack oh. Benny 
Oh, really? Yeah. I so it's seen the original ones. Okay. Basically, they're actors that have to act a part to. Because okay. I guess I think they're in Poland. Um, right. But they, none of them have Polish accents. But that basically they have to. It's a comedy about getting away from the Nazis. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was thinking about Inglorious Bastards That's for this. That's true, yeah. Because, yeah. like, oh, he, okay. Hans, whatever, his yeah. face, he's, like, really horrible, yeah. horrible, frightening person, but yeah. he's kind of funny. Yeah. At yeah. no, the same time, kind of, like, awkward. Samantha just reminded me by saying Hans. Hans Gruber from Die Hard is probably, oh, yes. like, the all-time yes. classic. So thank you for mentioning that. I, unfortunately, I had to replace him on my list with Norman Bates. Oh, you kicked him off your list. Why did you The ghost of Hans. The Nazis and Sophie's so I had to take someone off because, and it really came down to I couldn't find good Hans Gruber's clips on YouTube oh, to right. displace him. So yeah. you get behind the scenes. You know, in Hogan's Heroes, the Nazis are kind of fun. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay. I don't know if that's a movie, but okay. No, yeah. I mean, did they actually turn? They didn't make Hogan? They might have made a movie out of that. They made a movie sure. about the guy that played Hogan. Yes. Because mm. he was a. Okay, Samantha, who are your favorite villains? Well, I wasn't going to say Beetlejuice, but I love that movie. Winona Ryder is like life inspiration. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just I love her. So her outfits, the goth thing, yeah. that's my favorite. She's um, a great team. Oh my gosh. For sure. Yeah. So, awesome movie. Um, because he's like, you know, silly but creepy. I love that combination. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that combo. Um, but I went for the nostalgia factor for this. So one of my favorite movies as a child was the 1996 version of Matilda. Oh, oh that's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I was obsessed because she has magical powers and I wanted to be her. But the um, headmistress of the school is like the scariest, scariest oh. lady ever. Not her name is Trunchbull. Mm-hmm. And she like just controls the school and she scares the children and locks them up in this like mm-hmm. thing in her office and then at the end though it's a happy ending mm-hmm. because Matilda uses her powers to like throw down the evil headmistress and I think really that's a key to every good villain they have to be mm-hmm. bad enough to where there's a good payoff yeah. for the hero I don't think the hero mm-hmm. can be as um, mm-hmm. powerful without like a good villain father. like Luke's father <laughs> which is Wait, who? don't say who it is don't say something get away <laughs> So, to go back to Winona Ryder, I just thought a great villain is Christian Slater and Heathers. Oh, yes. Oh, so. my God. Oh, Heathers. Yeah. Yeah. Heathers is good. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I just watched that recently. Isn't that a great yeah. movie? Yeah. Watch the end. But I guess he, they're all kind of villains in a way, though. Yeah, the group of mean st- girls. The Heathers, the yeah. Mean the Heathers. Is what I was thinking. Yeah. The Heathers are the bad. But main, he's also bad. Main Heather. Who yeah. Dies. Um, <laughs> she's kind of horrible. But then, yeah, he is just manipulative and yeah. evil. Christian, so he kind of had a resurgence now. Have you guys seen uh, Mr. Robot? Mm-hmm. And he no, kind of almost plays a pseudo-villain yeah. for that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And Winona Ryder just had her Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she's in that. That's the mom. That's what... That's what... That's You mentioned Uma Thurman. It reminded mm-hmm. me that basically Kill Bill has got a, like a great rogues gallery of villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kill Bill and Kill Bill Part 2. So pretty much everyone in that is a good villain. Yeah. And they all... I thought I was thinking about Tarantino movies mm-hmm. when you brought this up because mm-hmm. I was like violence, yeah. lots of blood, yeah. horrible things, but I couldn't narrow it down. Yeah, it's all bad because they're right? all kind of like they're antiheroes. Yeah. So well, Pulp Fiction, Fiction. Yeah. who is good. good? Yeah. Maybe Bruce Willis, but yeah. he's but he's <laughs> and his girlfriend. But he did something, right? He stole. 
Uh, he's works for one of the gangsters. Right? He's supposed to fix no, the fight, but then he did. So he did. Right. He probably had done it before. I mean, he's probably not like a, a saint or anything. Right. He decides at that moment he's done. Well, it's kind of like who's more vile? Yeah. It's kind of like the Ving Rhames character isn't great, but then he's the whole not, under, he's more likable than the rest. Well, especially of him, after right? what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, yes, that was bad. <laughs> The yeah. camp, yeah. The camp, oh, that's good. So, <laughs> it was a funny story. So, that really scared me, too. Okay, it scared me. <laughs> really scared yeah. me. I was like, what is going on? So, I don't know. That was before I worked at Yahoo. Okay. I had a whole education on all of that stuff. Oh, so, my. So, I wasn't um, 17 yet, and that was when we tried to get in. Was it NC-17? No, 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 it was Radar, oh, it was but R. they wouldn't let me in. To get oh, our really? buddies, yeah, because I think we were 15 or 16. And, oh, uh, okay, but you so we're, weren't 17 yet, got So it. we go to the movies, and we're like, we want to see Pulp Fiction. They're like, are you kidding? You guys can't come in. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure we paid to see Forrest Gump, and oh, then stuck in. And oh, yeah, that whole scene, I was like, <laughs> I was looking at my buddy, and I'm like, maybe we should have seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> this, is, this is awful. But yeah, I just remember the um, Christopher Walken scene just cracked me up in the theater. He's like, really good. The gold watch. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we said Kaiser Sose. Um, Kaiser Sose is kind of the ultimate, but yeah. you don't really don't know. The ultimate villain, but um, what's the name of the movie? Ultimate gotcha movie. Uh, yeah, villain. twist. The like usual twist. suspects. The usual suspects, thank you. Yeah. Beetle. Juice. Beetle. Juice. Beetle. Juice. Okay, so we have Enrica, and we're in the wind tunnel, so if you hear Echo, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Enrica, what are your favorite movie villains? Uh, so the first one is from childhood, and obviously everybody loves the movie The Princess Bride. Yes. But my favorite character was Prince Humperdinck. I thought he was super cute, mm-hmm. and he was a prince, and he was also kind of badass. Like he was really good at sword fighting and riding horses, and yeah, he was kind of an asshole and a bad guy, and like clearly a villain. But he was like, I.O. King Powder. I bet my life on it. Like, he knew all the shit, and he was a hardcore dude. Mm-hmm. And he was also the worst, and, like, caused all the trouble in the world. Yeah. So, for that reason, I was like, this is a good villain. Because not only is he, like, a problem, but he's also, like, kind of a cool dude. Right. Like, he's not a prince just by resting on his laurels. Mm-hmm. Like, he learned how to start fight. Yes. He learned how to identify poisonous substances <laughs> which apparently you can do when you're a prince mm-hmm. um, and he was just trying to do his duty and like get a bride that was a good bride but he's Hence the title he's also an asshole <laughs> and caused all the trouble that is a great movie though that is really good and it didn't I, I thought for sure you're gonna say something from Free Willy so there's no one. villains in Free Willy are there there's nothing I, in the ocean that attacks yeah. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> my first one was I was going to say, but then I, well, I can still say it probably, right? Of course. My this other, is your podcast. My, you other, whatever you want. my other favorite villain is from very recent years, and okay. that's Benedict Cumberbatch's Khan in the Star Trek movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, one, Benedict Cumberbatch is mm-hmm. so good, yes. and that voice, like, so convincingly evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the character of Khan, it was in Star Trek the next generation yes. and then again in the movies resurrected at, in the form of Benedict Cumberbatch and it's just like so good because he's kind of super smart mm-hmm. as a villain and kind of freaky um, did you, you know. see you've seen the original yeah. con with um, 
What was the actor's uh, name? I was just talking about this with Akira. Ricardo Montalban. Yes. yes. <laughs> Treasure Island. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was just talking about that uh, with Akira. And, uh, we, he was like, if you liked this con, <laughs> you should, you should see the original yes. con. And I was like, nobody can be better than Benedict. One of the episodes we talk about, I think it's David Gelber talks about because he saw Star Trek VI as his first movie. And then oh, another wow. one we talked about, the Con. So, yes, great mullet, great... Uh, chest plate suit. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. I just love Benedict Cumberbatch when he does evil things. Yeah. Because it makes you feel genuinely terrified. You're like, this is a scary person. Well, I think the villains actually are the best characters. Like, they're the, the heavies. That's, I think, what actors yeah. want to play. And ugh, my least favorite villain. Fucking, excuse my language. <laughs> Sorry, not appropriate. <laughs> fucking <laughs> from Batman with the Bane or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you can't understand anything he's Not even that. He's just not scary. Yeah. Like, nothing kills my bubs more than when I'm seeing a movie and, like, genuinely not afraid of the consequences of, that of the bad thing happening, right? Because there's yes. a conflict at the center of every story. And, like, if the bad guy is not scaring me, I'm just like, send me home. You're saying... Face, <laughs> respirator face does nothing for you. No, even okay. So he looked scary enough. It yeah. was just he wasn't like an intimidating character to me. I don't know what it was. Okay, I don't know. What. I think Batman felt differently, but yeah. Well, he was supposed to feel that way for the cameras. <laughs> he was doing it for, for the, the views. Cam- got it. Got it. Okay, so th- those are those the two, or the, did you have the? I think that's it. Okay. That was the two. Sorry, Bane. You suck. Sorry, Bane. I hate you, but <laughs> con forever. And also, Prince Humper didn't call me. <laughs> it's odd. But when I hired Vassini to have her murdered on our engagement day, I thought that was clever. But it's going to be so much more moving when I strangle her on our wedding night. Once Gilder is blamed, the nation will be truly outraged. They'll demand we go to war. <laughs> Where is that secret knot? Ah. Are you coming down into the pit? Wesley's got his strength back. I'm starting him on the machine tonight. Tyrone, you know how much I love watching you work. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. All right, we're here with Stephanie, who is always great on the podcast. And so this time, we're going to go through uh, your favorite villains in movies. So this is your podcast. Go to town. All right. Hey, everybody. So I I made a list because I was thinking about it. Because, you know, this is tough. There are a lot of great villains, right? You've got the Emperor, of course, in the Star Wars series, but that's too easy. You've got Voldemort. You've got Khan in Star Trek. Because Khan was serious. Remember Ricardo Montalban as Khan? We just talked about him. Oh, wow. (laughs) The stepmother in Cinderella. That Mm -hmm. was a great villain. Steph in Pretty in Pink. He Mm -hmm. was was really evil. Yes. Uh, But I have to say, I think my greatest villain of all time, and and I know this is cheesy, but it's got to be the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. That's a great one. I saw the Wizard of Oz at least 100 times as a kid. My grandfather had a VCR, Mm -hmm. and he was the only one in the family with a VCR. Because if you've been paying attention, I grew up really poor. (laughs) And we had two cassettes. 
We had a recorded version of Wizard of Oz because remember it showed every year. Oh, yeah, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, on yeah. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You could always see it every year. So he recorded it one year. And then I also had a recording of Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. So we go to visit my grandparents, small apartment, boring. We'd watch Mary Poppins or we'd watch The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And so we watched Wizard of Oz over and over and over again. And I swear, for at least 50 viewings, mm-hmm. that witch was the scariest thing there was. She was perfectly casted in that Oh, yeah. my gosh. That scene where the the um, the hourglass mm-hmm. is running out of time and the music and they're trying with the axe to open the door mm-hmm. and they get her out and then there the witch is and she's up above and she does that cackle. Oh, to this day. <laughs> she is, you can't watch her in another movie. No, no. I mean, that is her role. And her career was ruined as Pretty a result. Much. Yeah. So they couldn't cast her in anything no. else. Because even with all that makeup, it didn't matter. Her nose, she that actress's nose was so pronounced. And yes. Even though they did some prosthetic, it still, it was a dead giveaway. That yeah. poor, she was so good at it. I know. She couldn't work again. That's right. I. <laughs> that is going to be another podcast. Like, um... Uh, actors who can never get out of that one role. Oh yeah, like yeah. Skywalker. Exactly. Mark, Mark Hamill, right? He can't right? do anything else. Like I can't, and maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> he needs to go see somebody about the visage or how you say it. He was in Corvette Summer. Thank you, Stu. But yeah, it, was, it did not hold up well. So. Yeah, no, I, uh, since then, and the other thing that's really mm-hmm. cool about The Wicked Witch, I think, is after you read the book Wicked, yeah. and then you, you know, or you see the musical, you all know about Wicked. Mm-hmm. When you watch The Wizard of Oz now as a grown-up, there's a layer now. I'm so grateful to Gregory Maguire. Yeah. Gregory Maguire, I think that was the author. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry if it isn't. Um, <laughs> even now, like now, she has even more depth. Yeah. This sight of questioning why she was as upset as she was. Sure. Why those two sisters were terrorizing those poor munchkins? Mm-hmm. What had happened? And this idea that maybe she could have actually been intending some good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a whole other layer to her, and she's far more complex. And I still love it. And it's funny, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and to this day, you know, we watch Wizard of Oz once a year. And to this day, you know, nobody that's, nobody scares her like the Wicked Witch of the West. That's amazing. That's a, so Enrique, <laughs> that was the the one movie that scared her the most. Yeah. Because of, oh, no, Samantha, because of the monkeys. Oh. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> so it's monkeys, on the right? most scary, it's and it's on the best villains. Yeah. Well, my mom, that was her first movie that she saw in the theater. Oh. And she, in high school, that's who she played. She played the Wicked Witch. And oh, so my gosh. she absolutely loved that role. So I played Eva yeah. Meanie in The Wiz there in junior go. high school. There you go. I could do the voice and everything. Well, the villains are always the most fun to <laughs> yeah. play. They're the heaviest. So, yeah. all right. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. <laughs> okay, so we're here with David, and David's a definite veteran of the podcast. So we're happy to have you back on. Hello. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna do your favorite villains that are not superhero villains, because eventually, I'm sure we'll do a show. Just yeah, and you can do that one because <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are. Uh, would school me on on villain superhero knowledge. So, what do you got? So, I thought we were gonna do like movie monsters because it was Halloween and stuff. So sure. I was thinking more in line of like horror genre and okay. stuff. Um, so I was thinking like really cool, just movie monsters in general. Classic being Freddy mm-hmm. is like because I like especially when it comes to scary movie villains. Just a structure of like, there's some menacing, but they always have like that one thing that you're like, oh, just avoid that, yeah. and you know you you can just avoid the bad monster forever. <laughs> and Freddy has such a awesome heel of if you just don't fall asleep, then so you're good. I, yeah, that I always thought that was really cool. Well, you can go through that, so we can do we can yeah. run the gamut with you because you're a total movie buff. So this is good. Okay, so 
if we're, we're just gonna go in that one the, what, what are your favorite horror villains um well yeah like I was saying I like the structure mm-hmm. I think it's really cool with Freddy no sleep thing um recently the um Diana the monster in Lights Out oh yeah, is yeah. really cool because mm-hmm. it's that same just that simple you know law of you don't do this and you'll avoid the thing forever um yeah, uh, and then the monster from It Follows. Mm, I same seen thing. that one. Same thing where if you don't have premarital, <laughs> you know, sex with a stranger, yeah. then you won't get a STD ghost following you. <laughs> um, and yeah, of course, the thing with having like the simple kind of rule to follow, the longer a series goes, like mm-hmm. with Freddy, of course, there's like the blending of, well, now he's powerful enough to cross out from the dream world, blah, blah, blah. Um, So there always kind of gets to be that point. And then um, kind of why Lights Out, It Follows, movies like that are not quite so perfect is because the monster does break its own rules a lot of the time. So um, just, you know, to aid the scary jumpness and that kind of thing. But uh, That's a great part of it, the original... um, kind of the Friday the 13th, it's always premarital sex. It's like, if you, if that's the, (laughs) the rule to learn that if you, if you do that, you're going to get uh, axed or something like that. Yeah. So what is your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street classic? Like, Dream Warriors. (laughs) I think we talked about this. Dream Warriors so good. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the first one, the first one's the only one that actually stands out as an actual legit scary movie. Right. Um, Johnny Depp, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It because yeah, it eventually progressed and devolved into kind of camp and sure. all that. But before it got to that point, the first one was actually had something to say. It yeah. was very, it was really creepy. The creature design of Freddy himself was like, if you see that as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's so. He's, he just looks ugly. He yeah. looks gross, and he's, like, slimy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas somebody like Michael Myers, it's just like, well, it's just a big dude in a, in a mask. Yeah. Like, okay. Or, like, Jason. Like, yeah, under the mask, he's really ugly, but, like, he's just another big, mm-hmm. dirty-looking dude in a mask. Like, But, yeah, Freddy was like, oh, like, yeah, just as a character, I think, like, as a monster, he works really well. Well, I think, especially back in the day, nobody... I think predicted that these were ever going to go past that one film. So yeah. that, that's why they kind of hold up. Yeah. And then eventually they realized, okay, that one did really well. We're going to have to milk this. Yeah. And now when they create horror films, I think they're almost going for the franchise. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, Friday the 13th was the one where they really were just like, this is just going to be a franchise. Yeah. And they just like, barreled along like year after year yeah. kind of like how recently with Saw with like every Halloween yeah. you're gonna get another one um, Friday the 13th I think was probably the first of like the schlocky slashers that was just like you're gonna get this every year yeah. and like yeah the, re- the return business will probably not be as strong <laughs> I, yeah in the 80s I, I want to say like every single year of that decade there was a Friday the 13th movie yeah I think yeah for the most part uh Throughout the entire 80s, they might have skipped, like, a year when yeah. they got, like, really bad. And like, all right, let's take our time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for the most part, you got either a Freddy, a Jason, a Michael Myers, yeah. like, every year. Um, yeah. I think the other ones, like, 
Hellraiser was oh, yeah, more yeah. late 80s, I want to say. And then that, those ones were more spread out. Um, mm-hmm. Same with, like, Leprechaun going, like, straight oh, yeah. to DVD and stuff. Which was Terry's, I think... Uh, no, it was uh, Chris's first movie in theater, Leprechaun. The first Leprechaun was kind of scary. Yeah. And, um... And you do remember whose debut acting... Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Everybody's favorite friend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as far as creature design goes, he... The Leprechaun yeah. kind of had the same, not aesthetic, but kind of like as, as Freddy of like this gross, ugly, like slimy looking, like the prosthetics and like yeah. the makeup and everything. Like he, aside from the fact that he was like a little miniature, you know, guy coming after sure. you, he he was still kind of menacing. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of like why something like Child's Play was never really that that's what I was gonna say. scary because you're like, well, it's a little doll. I can just kick it away <laughs> and I'll be fine. Um, yeah. So you didn't like Child's Play at all? Or the... I I don't know if I brought this up before, but when I was a kid, I loved horror movies, yeah. but they would always freak me out, even though I would always seek them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, Child's Play never really got under my skin. Hmm. It never really freaked me out. Because yeah, even like the first Leprechaun I saw when I was a kid, that was not terrifying, but like just thinking of the Leprechaun yeah. itself was like a little creepy. Um <laughs> And yeah, same thing with Freddy. Like, oh, like just something visually like that. Just yeah. Yeah, Freddy always seemed a lot. to be the most scary, at least to me, because it was always in your dreams. Like it just seemed, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, by the time Freddy came out, was maybe not like early. Well, mid. It was eighty four. Yeah, like yeah. early ish. So, yeah. but it was kind of like when. Halloween and Friday the 13th, like, they started to just kind of sputter out yeah. because they, Friday the 13th, Friday was just, like, rushing them too much. Yeah. And, um, just really... really supernatural. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Michael Myers, they were trying to do, Halloween was going to be a brand name, not necessarily, you come to these movies to see Michael Myers kill teenagers. Right. And that's where, um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, was mm-hmm. like, there's no Michael Myers. Yeah. It's... It was its own, like, anthology thing, and they were going to anthologize it, and then it did horribly. Now, of course, everyone was like, that was a really cool idea, and that's a really really good movie, but at the time, everyone was like, they were conditioned, and the argument being, had they started with the anthology idea right from the get-go of Halloween 1, just Michael Myers, Halloween 2 being the season of the witch kind of thing, um, then you wouldn't have conditioned everybody because, you know, Mm -hmm. they did two... So that was enough to be like. Did John Carpenter do the third one? I don't. I think he just was an EP on it. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. That might have been the reason yeah. you might not know that that happened. Um, well, I think uh, two. Bringing back Michael Myers was yeah. a studio thing. Of right. Like, holy crap! That made so much money yeah. and it cost nothing. Mm-hmm. Let's just bang out another one of these. Right. And yeah. And then they're like, oh, let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so non-horror movie, what's your favorite villain villains for uh, non-horror movies? I think my favorite surprise villain, Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Daniel Plainview. Okay. From um, There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. Someone actually already said that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Because he's, yeah, he's the main character. He's technically the protagonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would consider him more an antagonist just because yeah. from the perspective of everybody else in that world he is a liar he's a cheat he mm-hmm. is an awful awful person yeah. but just you know from our audience perspective he's our view into the world yeah. but everybody else 
in his world is like distanced himself from him yeah. and he was just an awful person it's a gritty character i mean he yeah. pulls that off well has he been has daniel david lewis been in anything lately like i can i think the last thing he did might have been lincoln oh yeah yeah because he did lincoln after that yeah um, <laughs> it goes from that to Lincoln. yeah um that shows you how good of an actor he is. Yeah. I mean, he's in... Yeah, but Lincoln was like 2011, maybe. So yeah. it's been a while. I don't know if he's... Yeah, I don't know if he's done anything. Yeah, I was trying to remember, because Celine picked, um, picked him. Was he bad in Last of the Mohicans? Or was he kind of like... I can't that remember. That was kind of the... The issue of like, the white guy saves the day. Yeah, yeah. It? yeah. So... I, I think he was yeah. good. I think so. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. All I remember is the art scene. Yeah. I remember yeah. being in the theater for that one. I think technically he was the hero of the movie. Of the, yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of like how technically Tom Cruise was the hero of The Last Samurai. That he wasn't the Samurai. A good point. <laughs> Let's go out on a good note. Tom Cruise is The Last Tom Samurai. Tom will always be my Samurai. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to go see Jack Reacher? <sighs> I really liked the first one. Yeah, I but, did too. Uh, in the books, you're good. Yeah, but apparently you. The new one is not so hot. Right. But so it comes out this week? I, I think, think so. Okay. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I thought the first one was pretty cool. So I liked it. So. Yeah. I, eh, maybe not I'm actually price, surprised they made a second one because the first one did okay, but it wasn't like a blockbuster. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. But the people behind it, Tom and um, Chris McQuarrie, mm-hmm. I think is his name, uh, he ended up, it all is under the Paramount umbrella. Uh-huh. And so they, after that, they pulled into Mission Impossible 5 mm. and that being such a hit they're like oh well you know you and Tom you have a thing so let's just do let's another one of those uh, Jack Reachers so <laughs> and they're going to do another Mission Impossible it sounds like yeah, yeah they're doing so. six they keep getting good like I'm, I'm impressed with how, how good they've been speaking of villains yeah. Philip oh, Seymour yeah. Hoffman in Mission Impossible 3 yes really good villain yes um, just like that menacing like, oh like yeah really just yeah, he's definitely missed. Philip Seymour Hoffman was good in everything, pretty much yeah. he did. Um, funny story about Jack Reacher. So I'm in the movie theater, and it might have been, I forgot what year it was, but it was definitely post the shooting in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so if you remember the beginning of Jack Reacher, it basically it's a sniper guy. Yeah. And so maybe, I want to say 30 minutes into the movie, a guy walks in with a backpack. And I'm looking at him like I can't <laughs> focus on the movie because I keep waiting for him to do something. To pull something and it, out, it shouldn't yeah. be like that, but yeah. I was ready. I was ready. if he was going to do it, I knew where to grab. Or where yeah, yeah, to I talk, think but, yeah. uh, I think Jack Reacher was 2012. Yeah, so that would have been Dark Knight Rises was 2012. Yeah, as well. So yeah, so I think it was right around that time. So everyone was high edged. Yeah, um, can't bring backpacks into the theater. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I always feel weird bringing a backpack. Yeah, in. I just, yeah. Well, one, they don't want you to do it because you'll sneak in food. But totally. that's a, that's a <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, David. Yep. It's a sham for you, kid. I'm sorry, kid. I don't believe in fairy tales. Okay, so we're here with Celine, And this time on this episode, we're going to go through your favorite villains, okay. non-superheroes. So... You had a good one, but we're going to hold off until the next episode All right. when we do actual superhero villains. So, who are your favorite villains in, in the movies? My favorite villains? Well, I I did a little research, so I feel very well prepared for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have to say, just preface what I the, the ones I chose in, in general. I like, I like villains who are complicated, like... Um, 
like who have an interesting backstory or you know like they you know they had something happen to them or they change over time mm -hmm. you know like they become more villainous sure and so because um, nobody starts or the, yeah. or, or they're a villain <laughs> or they're redeemed and sure end. although yeah. it, with the the ones I'm doing, I don't know if they're really redeemed. <laughs> so I chose two, um, and the first was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek Into Darkness. He's okay. Con. Yeah. And I thought, first of all, I thought he was the sexiest con that, I, that I've ever seen. You didn't like Ricardo? <laughs> no, I was going to say he was a lot sexier than Ricardo Walsh. <laughs> but he had the nice <laughs> mullet and the yeah. chest piece and everything. So. <laughs> He was good. I just like because I, 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 I had never seen him acting evil like sure. that, you know. And I like it because he's one of those ones that that you, he can act. Yeah. You you know you can kind of he can be evil, but you can see the vulnerability. Like um, it's the same with what's his name in the late the last Star Trek. Um, what the hell is that actor's name? You know Darth. Oh, oh, uh, yes. I, yes, I know exactly what he looks like. But The young guy. Yes, I'm going to have to go back in. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> he was good. You know, you can see, like, you can see with a good villain, you can see them struggling with their, their you know, the, the pull of, like, maybe possibly going to the light side, and then, but the dark side has a greater pull on them. You know what's funny is um, Enrique picked uh, Benedict, too. For her. Oh, same, really? Same, same movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was so good. He's always good. Oh, I'm I looking this up. just watched The Imitation Game. Oh, I can't find him, but I'll have to do some fun editing to get... <laughs> I'm sure someone will, someone will say him. Sure. I'm sure, yeah. Okay, so Demo like Benedict. And, the, and then the, one, the next one I chose is, is not... He's... You know, you're never sure if he's a villain or not till the very end of the film. Mm -hmm. He's very complex too. Is Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood? Oh yes, that's that, a great movie. That yeah. is. Yeah. That movie was just like devastating. The end was so devastating. Oh yeah. And he's like, you can't really tell. Has he been like morally bankrupt the whole time, mm -hmm. or has life made him that way over time? Right. He's all. He's always. He's never like a nice guy. No, he's always super he's, complicated. He's always. Things, he's yeah. never a nice guy in that movie. But yeah. but but you don't see the end coming. No. So I thought I thought that was pretty pretty skillful. That's a really good one. What's what was the last movie he was in? Like I'm trying to remember. Oh God, that's I can't. Remember. That might have been. <laughs> that might have been the last one I saw him in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Was he good or bad in the last of the Mohicans? I can't even remember. He's intense in that one too. So yeah. It's yeah. That one came out like in the early nineties or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Early to mid. Yeah. 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 I don't. I'm not sure. I saw. I don't think I did. Okay. No, those are good. Those yeah. are really good. I'll come back at the end and I'll I'll tell you who who Darth Vader was. I'll do that as the as the. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That so. was yeah. Cool. All Thanks. right. Cool. Thank you, Celine. Thanks, Brian. I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. That part of me is gone. Working and not succeeding. All my uh, failures has left me. I just don't care. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. There are times when I, I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone. What will you do about your boy? 
Does your sound come back to you? I don't know. Maybe no one knows that. Doctor might not know that. Where's his mother? I don't want to talk about those things. I see the worst in people, Henry. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. I've built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. Having you here gives me a second breath. I, I can't keep doing this on my own. With these um, people. All right, so we're here with Diane, who's returning, because she did uh, favorite horror films the last time. So this time she's going to name her favorite movie villains. All right, so what do you have? Um, well, my favorite movie villain is the Borg Queen. Okay. Um, and just uh, the Borg race in general. Mm -hmm. um, she was in Star Trek uh, Eight, mm -hmm. uh, First Contact. Okay. So the crew of the Enterprise... They go back in time to um, stop the Borg from um, infiltrating Earth and just destroying humanity. Right. Causing. So were you? In, so did, did you obviously got into Star Trek in the beginning <laughs> with all with the TV shows and everything. So yes. which version of Star Trek do you do you enjoy the most? Um, that would have to be the Next Generation. Okay. Yeah. So did you ever watch the original uh, version with the? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. I tried to watch as many episodes as I could, but mm -hmm. I'm, there's a few I think I've missed. Right. Yeah. So as for the movies, what what is your favorite era of the movies? Oh, well, you know, I really liked all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I like the reboot, okay. but they're, it's a little bit strange. Sure. Yeah, I mean... Do you, uh, so this is funny, so two people have picked uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for uh, their favorite villain oh, so far, so that's okay. funny, we're, we're kind of doing a Star Trek yeah, theme in this yeah. one, so that's good, That those are good ones. Um, okay, so any non-Star um, Trek villains uh, from movies that, that are some of your favorites? Oh yeah, um, there's a low pan from... Mm -hmm. uh, Oh gosh, what is that movie called? This is embarrassing because my cousin's actually in this movie. Oh no way! Yeah, he, I, I, I've never met the guy, but he, mm -hmm. um, he, he's a distant relative. Okay. But I actually lived near. I used to live nearby his mom. Oh cool. In uh, Stockton. Nice. California. Yeah. And uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's a yeah. great movie. That's a yeah. fun movie. That's a good one. Um, any other ones that you, that you can think of? Um, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, uh, mm -hmm. maybe um. Blofeld from the James Bond series. That's a good one, too. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into James Bond then. So, what's your favorite era of James Bond? Um, I guess... I really like the current ones. Okay. With uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. They're more dark than... They yeah. They really get kind of into his backstory. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, it's funny. So, I really liked... Obviously, I like... I think I like three of the four the best. It was the second one. What was that one? Um, oh, the very... So, okay, so it's Casino Royale, then whatever the one oh, was right after that. I think that was Quantum of Solace. For whatever reason, I couldn't get into that one. I don't oh. know why. But I loved uh, Skyfall, and uh, I liked the last one, too. It was, it was good. Um, but I agree. That's, so at pre, um, so if you had to choose between Roger Moore, Sean Connery, and Pierce Brosnan, who are you going with? Sean Connery. Okay, that, that yeah. seems pretty standard. So of the Connery era, who were your favorite villains for that, for those? Um... Let's see here. Favorite villains. Um, yeah, well, I picked uh, Blofeld, but yeah. um, tell you the truth, 
I don't really remember him <laughs> too well. He just just popped up in my sure. head because he's the you know like amongst most fans, he's probably yeah, the yeah. most popular. I guess Gold, Goldfinger comes up a lot, obviously. Um, yeah, those oh, are all good fans. Yeah, good one, yeah. Um, and um, the guy throws his hat. That can face oh right, odd job. Yes, odd job. Yeah. Yes, he's always fun. And then cool. Jaws. Um, oh the yeah, he was funny. Yeah, because yeah. then he ends up turning good in one of them. I don't know if it was uh, Moonraker or one of them where he um, he goes from being bad to good. So that, that's those are always good ones. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. awesome. Well, thank you, Diana. If you think of any more, let me know. And at the oh. end, I'm piling all of all all the uh, uh, villains that people forget once they leave this the studio here cool thanks Dan thank you okay so we're here with Danielle and Danielle is of course laughing because this is what she does (laughs) okay so we're gonna go through your favorite movie villains that are not superheroes Okay. okay cannot be TV series right yeah, if, uh, if you're really nice, maybe we'll let you have him one. But for now, can you give me your top movie okay, villains? But you need to help me because I don't know how to say in English the name. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my number one that I think is the best is Annie Walkies from Misery. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she's... That's... Um, God, what's her name? Bates, uh, I, Kathy Bates. Yes, I have it. <laughs> so that one you have. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's my favorite. Have you read the book? Misery? No. Stephen no. King. That's Stephen I King. love Stephen King. So what about her character? Does it, that makes it one of your favorites? I don't know. She's scary. When when the camera shows her face when she's like breaking the feet mm-hmm. of the guy with the. That's the famous scene. Yes. You James Con, by the way. Yes. You can see in her face, like uh, she's enjoying. You it. buy it, like yeah. you're, wow, she's a very good actress. Yes. Yes. Okay, so this there's nothing you've done before, I hope. Let me think. Okay. No. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. So Kathy Bates. Yes. Is one of your top ones. What is your next one? So my next one is John Doe from Seven. Kevin Space. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. So he is amazing. I mean, it's Kevin Space. Everything he does mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love him. But yes. on that movie, the final scene, when he says... What's in the box? No, I don't even... <laughs> it's not even the box scene. It's like when he wraps up, you know, all the seven scenes, he says, I... He's evil. Oh, I don't know what the name is in English, but mm-hmm. say, he says, like... The seven deadly sins. Yes, no, but uh, wait, I have the name. Uh, <laughs> she has notes. Folks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the e envy, right? Yes. With and, him. Yes. And then because he was envy and he killed, mm-hmm. the other one would be the wrath. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know. Do you know the seven deadly sins? I know vanity. I know the eating what, one. What? <laughs> the it's wrath. Yeah, believe, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, envy, and that's was it. Was it lust? Is lust one of them? Lust, yes, yeah. and that's it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't know the I don't know if that was six, but I heard seven. So that's okay. <laughs> no, it was not no, seven. No, if you heard the last episode, one of my worst date movies was actually seven because it was yes. the first date. So yes. That's, it's a great movie, but that's it's a tough date. It's a great date movie. movie, and the Kevin Space, like, 
uh, I I don't like Brad Pitt. I like in movies. I don't think he's a good actor. So you do you like um, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. So you so you were upset that her head was in a box. I I could see that coming. Of course that that you had saw to it coming. Come. Of course. I see. Of course, I, when it, I ha- something saw, had to do. I didn't, I didn't get it. Really? Well, no. I was she, only 16, 17. She was too vulnerable. I knew that was was coming. Yeah. Not the head, but I knew something would happen to her. Sure. For sure. Like a finger. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> which part of the <laughs> body, but... <laughs> okay, so that was number two. These are all great ones. Totally yes. unexpected. Nobody has said these yet. Really? What is your number three? So my number three is John Milton from uh, The Devil's Advocate. Okay. So Al Pacino. Al Pacino. That's he a good one. Is amazing that movie. Of course, it's Al Pacino. He's he's good in everything. He's always amazing. But that one with Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Right? Unfortunately, Keanu's in it. Yes. Yeah. No. Come on. I yeah. love Keanu Reeves. Are you serious? I'm gonna watch everything he wants. You need on. to talk to David Gelber. He I loves love him. Love, love, love. And Charlie Theron was yes, one of first she's gorgeous. I love her too, yeah. but I love Ken Reeves most. But, <laughs> really? But Al Pacino, yeah. <laughs> but Have Al you seen Pacino. the movie Point Break? I don't know, maybe. You should, David if you should. like Keanu Reeves. Yes. He, and I Patrick Swayze is in it? Yeah, I don't like Patrick Swayze. What the hell? Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, this yes. is my show. Al Pacino yeah. is the best, and... His final, it sounds like the final scenes that take me, you know, mm-hmm. it holds me. Like from Misery was on the, uh, on that scene on the legs. Sure. For the, the seven was the last sentence that he they said. Like, and for, for him, for Al Pacino, it was when he says that vanity is his favorite sin. Mm-hmm. That's, that's. Genius! That's you can see his face. It was great. I love it. Those are great. Those are three. Do you have any more? Yes, those? I do. I have uh, one she more. She has a, a scroll. It's it's like the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I have one more, okay. and this is a classic. Everybody okay. thinks about him. It is Buffalo Bill from The Silence of the Lambs. So you didn't pick um, uh, Hannibal Lecter. No, he's but, not a villain in that. Movie. He's a villain on Hannibal on the sequel, okay. but not on that. See, my number nine, I believe, was Hannibal, or yeah. number five. Yeah. No, he's great. Of course, he's hypnotizes with the eye. Yes. But Buffalo Bill, you know, is king woman, and that is really creepy what he does, and the scene is with him, and the hole that he has the woman. That just he puts the lotion in the basket. It's just everything when the lights goes off with Clarice in his house, and that you can see his breathing. <laughs> that that's scary. So and he's he, wearing the mask. Exactly. So yes. here is the villain in that movie. I don't think uh, Hannibal is the villain. I actually like Hannibal in the movie. <laughs> well, actually, that's that's the tricky part because Hannibal's a bad guy. He is. He's a killer, but you need him. To catch he the is. even worse guy. Yes, yes, he has the habit of eating <laughs> people. So, but the other one is the worst. I, I think it's the worst. Yes, and so, Hannibal yeah. killed the war. Did he kill the warden that was treating him bad? I don't know. I'm don't trying to remember. remember. I yeah. saw that movie seven times. Wow. In Brazil. And you're well adjusted. Good job. I. Am. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie seven times. Yes, I wow. love it. <laughs> 
did you see yourself as Clarice or something? No, no. I just I love Anthony Hopkins he's, and that movie. He's brilliant. And every time I want to read him, mm-hmm. I don't like the sequels that much. No, they don't hold up as well. But um, him, yes, I like the body, uh, like the way that he talks, and even when he's like all, how do you say on the? He's got the straight jacket. Yes. Yeah. He's still amazing. I wonder if the sequel would have been better if um, uh, Jodie Foster had been instead of Julianne Moore. Even though Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore wasn't bad. But yeah, but Judy Foster's Judy Foster is way better. Amazing. Yeah. Yes, and we already love Clarice, Clarice from the first one. Right. So it was hard to adapt. It's always hard to have basically not even. It's not his her sister or anything. Basically, it's yes. supposed to be Clarice again, yes. and that's hard. Do you have any more? You no, have, that's it. That's Funny it. Movies. Well, thank you so much. That's a great list. You, you can be back on the show anytime. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Just don't break my legs or anything. <laughs> It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. <laughs> Mister, my family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Now it places the lotion in the basket. What's the fucking lotion in the basket? All right, so we're here with Chris, who was wonderful on the first two episodes. She took a break from the third. Uh-huh. which was the worst date movies, and now she's back You're for right. favorite movie villains. <laughs> so, okay, Chris, what is your favorite movie villain? So um, this is probably not, you know, the, the typical villain that you would think of. But this is what we like. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, it's the Julia Roberts' character from My Best Friend's Wedding. Okay, so why does this stick out for you the most? I think she just... So she's both the antagonist and protagonist. Right. You know? She tries to... Um, ruin her best friend's wedding mm-hmm. because she had feelings for him that, you know, were never expressed, mm-hmm. or you know, she never really bothered to, to pay attention to them until you know he was already um, spoken for, right? right? So, um, the the thing I like about her is that I think she just shows um, something that's real. Like we can both be antagonists and protagonists mm-hmm. in right. our story so we can't be straightforward good all the time and there's um something in us that's selfish also sure and that's what she showed and she acted upon and um she, she it came from a very good place i think like she wanted to follow her heart but so you were rooting for her so no uh, yeah what, yeah i yeah. guess i was like it's the classic like the best friends have to be together in the end. Right. And then... You right know, or wrong. Yeah, right or wrong. Okay, and, so yeah. did you... Were you a Julia Roberts fan before? And I, was, I was not. I mean, really? I wasn't really a big fan of her, but okay. since it's also um, kind of a musical... Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of musicals, so you're going to sing the theme song for us now, aren't you? I, I will sing the... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will sing the song that her other friend sang. Okay, which was played by who? Rupert Everett. Okay. So, we're going to have a first on this show. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. Nobody's watching you. (laughs) (laughs) The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you, and that's it. That's amazing. (laughs) So, this is going to be our intro and outro every single show. Thank you, Chris. Somebody has uh, to sing. Yes. Somebody <laughs> has to sing. I think you and Enrique should do a duet. I think that would be good. She sang the theme to Free Willy. 
good. Don't mm-hmm. put our episodes or our you know together. recordings we'll together. Space them out. Okay. Yes, so that people can recover from <laughs> from my bad singing. <laughs> no, that was very good singing, and we will do um, karaoke at some point, yes. and, and then we'll report on that as well. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you, and that's it. All right, we finally got Gwendolyn on the show. She's a longtime listener, first-time caller, but she's not really calling. Anyway, we're here with Gwendolyn. We're also here with Danielle, who's going to do voices and translate to Portuguese if she so is so inclined, but we'll see. Mostly, she'll probably just laugh in the background. <laughs> All right. So, Gwendolyn, what, who are your favorite movie villains? Well, I think, first of all, to talk about villains, you have to talk about the definition of villains. Okay, so we're going to get really technical here. You're the first yes. to actually have some research. Right. So I'd love to hear, what is your definition of a villain? Well, this isn't my own definition, but this is the American Film Institute. Highly respected, yes. (laughs) Highly respected, also known as AFI. Yes. And they define a villain as a character whose wickedness of mind, selfishness of character, and will to power are sometimes masked by beauty and nobility, while others may rage unmasked. They can be horribly evil or grandiosely funny, but are ultimately tragic. Oh, wow. And they have a certain legacy and a cultural impact on the film business mm-hmm. or film industry. And so when I think about that definition, the person that comes to mind is Jack Torrance of The Shining, played yeah. by Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Jack Nicholson, he also played another villain, which was... The Joker. That's right. So he is like the ultimate villain. He is the ultimate villain. <laughs> and again, we're going to do another podcast strictly for superhero villains. Um, so he could be nice. on that too. Um, did you want to translate in Portuguese? Never mind. <laughs> Keep going. Glenn. He was a superhero villain? <laughs> well, he was the Joker. So oh, he was in a superhero, oh, superhero movie. Okay. So yes. Okay. So um, maybe I should explain first the film, The Shining. Have you seen The Shining? Absolutely. Okay. And I'm sure Danielle has too. So this film was released in 1980, and I saw parts of it as a child. But when I saw the full film as an adult, it was just still, you know, had this impact on me. It was just really riveting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically the plot is that Jack Nicholson, um, his character, ends up being a winter caretaker for a hotel. And it's this isolated hotel in Colorado. And he's hoping to spend the time writing um, because he has writer's block. But um, he brings his family, which is his wife, played by Shelley Duvall. Remember Shelley Duvall? Of course. I remember on a bunch of PBS but, stuff. And <laughs> Olive Oil. And Olive Oil, that's right. And then and the horrible movie uh, rendition of Popeye. Ah, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who played Popeye? Robin Williams. Very good. No, I oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the son has these psychotic premonitions and he sees these visions in the hotel. Um, And so they're isolated up there um, during the winter, 
and Jack Nicholson's character transforms into this, um, what you would say, a villain because yeah. he becomes really psychotic, um, and he ends up having these thoughts about killing his family. I think that the reason why Jack Nicholson um, or Jack Torrance uh, is such a great villain is because he's so believable. Mm -hmm. And also his facial expressions, just amazing because mm -hmm. you just see him and he just looks so evil. And I come to the conclusion, I think I know what it is, and it's his eyebrows. It's those high arching eyebrows, yes. which, you know, in the Joker, it was the same. That's right. Thing, so. I think those were painted on, but, you know. Okay. <laughs> They're not real? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But this is why I pluck my eyebrows, so just so you know. Oh, you do? I do. Wow, did you know that, Danielle? She's on her phone. What is it? I mean, horrible. <laughs> why do you wax your eyebrows? I guess, I guess everything's coming out now. So, yes. So, because well, I, I, I have don't never do, heard of man. I don't. Jesus. I've yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There are some that do. There are some that do. Yes. Okay. I didn't know you did. No, back to your phone. Okay, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Can, can you recover from that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the turning points in the movie is when uh, Jack's wife sees exactly what Jack Nicholson is um, writing about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is one of the famous lines in the movie, which is what he wrote was, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Right. And there were just tons of papers written of the same line. Yeah. And um, apparently Stanley Kubrick, who's the director of The Shining, yep. um, had actually written that on his typewriter. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention was that Stephen King, who wrote The Shining, right. did not want Jack Nicholson playing the part. Who, did who you did know he, that? No, I didn't. Who did he want to play? He wanted it quote, everyday man. Mm -hmm. you know, and Jack Nicholson isn't? Well, no, I know, I'm just joking. But the yeah. thing was, was that Jack Nicholson played um, a similar character one in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. So, um, you know, he didn't want to have someone, he didn't want to have the audience um, see Jack, Jack Nicholson as that psychotic mm -hmm. person. So... Um, Anyhow, Stanley Kubrick. It sounds like Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King didn't get along very well. So, who do, do you know who the other actors were that they were thinking about that they wanted to? No, I don't. Just an everyday man. So, I, I have an interesting <laughs> story about that. So, you've seen the movie A Christmas Story? Mm hmm. Okay, so the dad, um, Darren McGavin, who, who played the old man, that was his character mm -hmm. name. Um, Jack Nicholson was supposed to be that character. That's who they wanted him. They wanted really? him to play the old man. I and as good as Jack Nicholson is, I don't think he could have been as good as as Darren McGavin. Mm -hmm. It just they wouldn't have been the same. Uh, that's no. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's did what, you see Christmas Story? No, no. in Portuguese. <laughs> no. Now you're gonna have to see it. Yeah. Why? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Gwendolyn. <laughs> So, so uh, do you have you seen? The, when's the last time you actually saw *The Shining*? It was probably a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. So it still holds up for you in that. In, oh yeah. yeah, even seeing the video clips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just hearing the red rum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, in backwards, it was 
murder. Yeah. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. It killed the movie for me. Oh. <laughs> but it's interesting because Stanley Kubrick let Jack Nicholson improvise. So you know the famous scene where he says, here's Johnny. Yeah. That was Jack Nicholson's own improvis improvisation. You, that happens a lot, though, with movies. So like, There's little things that aren't written in, and they just become like happy accidents, and they're, they're legendary. So about that movie, you guys know the meaning of the rabbit thing? You know, that is in the room with... It, what is that? It's a person... With a oh, the, the specific room 237? Yeah, what is that? I guess apparently there was supposed to be somebody who was killed in that room and actually the real hotel, um, which is a hotel in Colorado, they changed the hotel number from 237, sorry, from 217 to 237. Ah. Here's Johnny! Okay, so we have another fabulous roundtable discussion, this time with Josephine and Malin. Well, we seem to go together. I think it's good. Hey. I think this is a nice, nice <laughs> duo, the dynamic duo. Okay, so Josephine will go first today. So what is your favorite movie villain that is not a superhero? Yeah, I had a hard time thinking of this one. I, my brain just kind of froze. I'm sure I have a lot, but I just can't think of them right now. Okay. I, I try to think of, like, my favorite movies, um, like, I don't know, The Apartment. So, I mean, there really isn't, like, a, a, like a, a villain. Like, a traditional villain. Yeah, yeah, but when you think of, like, the... Um, have you guys seen The Apartment? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, like when you think of like the, the guy who is kind of like the villain. Um, it's Fred McMurray, right? Fred yeah. McMurray, mm -hmm. who makes a really great villain because he's so kind of classically handsome and very like smooth. But in the movie, he's just like so ridiculously selfish and just cannot yeah. see past his own like needs and desires and I feel like that's like the hallmark of, of most villains right they they really think that they're right and they just cannot see past anyone else but them um, yeah I, th I thought he was really good because it's like he literally thought he was a really great guy I mean up until the very very yeah. end yeah it's interesting about Fred McMurray because way back when you know like in uh, Double Indemnity he played mm -hmm. kind of the even though um, Barbara Stanwyck is kind of the femme fatale, but he, he had a, like a weird career because then he became you know, doing the Disney movies, mm -hmm. doing the absent-minded professor, yeah, became and all the like flubber. Family guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then he was on. A t I think what was the uh, TV show he was on? It was like My Favorite mm -hmm. Son or something like that, or Father Knows Best. Sons? I don't think it was no. Father Knows Best, but it was Five Sons, something like Five that. Sons. But he was basically like the all-American dad, you know, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So that's a good actor that can do. Yeah, I mean, he has that like a great look for that kind of like role and that kind of character, yeah. and just um, yeah, I thought he was so great in that. And then I was just recently watching um, Working Girl. Oh yeah, and like, Sigourney yeah. Weaver is so great in that too. <laughs> She's just so. Um, kind of like underhanded mm -hmm. and I think just like Murray she really believes that she's right and yeah she, yeah so yeah I feel like that's kind of like a really great like trademark of a, of a good villain is Sigourney um, Weaver's a great one because that reminds me I'll give away some of my my list because the listening audience will already heard it by now but um have you ever seen nine to five <gasps> absolutely no. Mr. Hart is kind of like the epitome of the worst boss ever because right. he hates everyone <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver's character is not that quite as evil but not not too far off either. Right. So, yeah, bosses are always that's always a fun one. That's and Mr. Hart comes from like this archetype of 1980s villains, yes. maybe, where it's just kind of like the guy who has uh, 
an obsessive and irrational hatred for some person or group yeah, of people. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's Mr. Hart, there's mm-hmm. the principal yep. in um, Ferris Bueller's Day oh, Off. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally irrational monster. That was monster. my number nine. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Ed Rooney. How many, yeah. many, how many do we need? No, you can I, do it. Okay. I did top ten just because I'm hosting the show and I, I should have some sort of oh, power. Okay. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. I know. Yeah. I've got a, a bar to meet. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so Sigourney Weaver, Fred McMurray. Yeah, and just like, I mean... People that aren't necessarily like evil, like they're mm-hmm. like killers or whatever, sure. but just kind of like they're you know stopping the protagonist. They really think that they're right. Mm-hmm. They really think that they're well intentioned. Sure. It's just, I mean, I love Sigourney Weaver in Working Girl just because she's so slippery you know, oh, yeah. and really good at like moving the chess pieces. Yeah, um, which is not necessarily a bad quality, but it's just, I mean, that's kind of what I love that she's so well matched with. Uh, Melanie Griffith's character, yeah. who's a little bit naive, but she's just as smart and yeah, I yeah. just I loved it. And yeah. if I remember correctly, she turns the tables really nicely at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes the payoff that much better. Yes. So yeah. yeah. All right, so Maywin. Okay, this is tough because my brain is a bit of a jumble today, <laughs> but um, I tend to uh, the villains that I tend to remember the most and that really get deep-seated into my psyche are the sympathetic ones mm-hmm. or the villains where you don't, maybe don't realize that they're a villain um, during the movie or when you leave the movie. But when you think back, you're like, oh, wait, that was the person who was really screwed up. Yeah. So um, I, in that respect, I think my one of my favorite villains is Seymour Krelborn, mm-hmm. who's the hero, in, the hero in scare quotes, of Little Shop of Horrors. But really, if you look at that movie, it's kind of complicated because there are two versions. There's yeah. the one that was, they filmed it originally so that it would follow the musical. Mm-hmm. So basically it's this plant teaching this guy to be a serial killer. Yeah. It's a fledgling serial mm-hmm. killer and he gets his comeuppance at the end. He gets yeah. eaten by the plant. And then the plant takes over the world. That's great. However, the test audiences didn't like it. They changed the ending, so it's a happy ending. And so the moral of the theatrical version is that a particularly 1950s heteronormative married family life in a little cottage out with a beautiful lawn will sanitize, like, the worst sins ever. Sure. <laughs> you know? So I, th- I think he's great. And the songs are fantastic, so you can't fall that movie. So which version do you like the best? <laughs> the, one, the one that sticks to the Broadway version. Okay. Because uh, now I just don't buy it. Uh, I have a real hard time when I get to the end of a movie, and they just package it up with a marriage, and then the credits roll, and you're, sure. like, you're supposed to like just... Imagine the best things ever happen. Now, have you seen the actual play in like in the theater? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) even worse than that, when it uh, when it came time, I think it was my senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. um, I'd been in drama for the previous two years, and they the music instructor didn't know what he wanted to do that year. It's like we should do a little shop of horrors, and we did. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Can you guess which character I played? Plant? 
No, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I, didn't. No, I, have no uh, I played the dentist who happens to be the Steve Martin. Yeah, the Steve yeah, Martin yeah, character, yeah. who's actually who you're supposed to think is like the villain. Right. And the people that the plant eats, those are supposed to be the villains. Mm-hmm. Mushnik, the dentist. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's the guy who's feeding those people. He's the one who's really evil. Feed me. Um, he's got like no moral compass, or if he does, it is so whacked out that he's just like plant food. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so some other ones. Norman Bates. There's one who... That's my number 10. Uh, so low on your list. I'm I know, it was too hard. Because <laughs> he's a villain, but you, you feel bad for him. Exactly, yeah. but that's why I kind of yeah. love him. It's because yeah. you, you begin to really relate to the character. That, I think that's just... Uh, when you think about how Hitchcock set that up, People are going into this movie, and if they've seen the trailer, yeah. they already know pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah. He kind of spelled it out for them. Mm-hmm. Even still, you go into that movie, you don't know which lefts and rights it's going to take. Um, and when I saw it a, a, as a teenager, I was shocked. Yeah. I was totally shocked. But by the time you find out, or by the time that all of your worst fears are verified about Norman Bates, yeah. you already are like so on his side and yeah. you just feel bad for the poor creep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Uh, and then he goes off and, and jail and you're like, whoa. Yes. I don't know how I feel about that, which is great. I think that's the mark of a brilliant villain is when you leave the movie and you don't really know how you feel right. about that character and it kind of forces you to question, oh, what is my dark kind of inner nature um, doing in there? Right. Why is it kind of relating to this kind of uh, horrific aspect of um, this fictional well, that's character? That's why the ending's great, too, because it's it's not his voice. It's it's the mom's exactly. voice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. such a brilliant turn. Hannibal Lecter is the obvious one. Yep. Um, I think that's number five. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of mine, so that's good. I would have heard. Well, Danielle said uh, Buffalo Bill. Because she actually likes that's, Hannibal. So. Uh, well, that's why that's yeah. well, that's why I pick Hannibal was because you kind of you like him. Yeah. Never mind the fact that building up to the end of the movie, it's really this is I think interesting to me because he has one of the most horrific scenes in the film when he's in the ambulance and you have that reveal. I don't want to yeah, yeah. spoil too much of it, <laughs> but there's this one shot in that ambulance that is horrifying. Yeah. And he's nothing but uh, a deep dark, psychopathic monster. Not even just a villain, but a monster. But by the time you get to the end of the film, it takes this twist, and you're exploring kind of the inner psyche of this very unsympathetic, I think, uh, sociopathic, Mm -hmm. psycho killer. Um, So when you come back to Hannibal Lecter, somehow he's the good guy again. Brilliant movie. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. That's a, brilliant. I mean, they made Buffalo Bill to be so creepy mm-hmm. and so despicable that even yeah. someone like Hannibal Lecter is yeah. like, okay, I can see him making the deal with yeah. the devil. You and know, it's so much that you're like, oh, yeah, I want him to get the guy at yeah. the end. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, I wish I could have 
dinner with them. Yeah. He seems so smart and interesting. <laughs> I remember when I saw that, I was just, I was really young. But anyhow, I was just like, well, I like that he, he decided not to kill Jodie Foster. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. right. That's yeah. almost like enough to humanize yeah. her at that point. You're like, whoa. It's just because she's just as smart as he is in your respect. Absolutely. It's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I wish don't read the follow-up book then okay. <laughs> it's really too bad that Jodie Foster wasn't in the sequels I mean all respect to Joanne Moore it just isn't the same so but did you, if you read the the sequel book mm-hmm. uh, I think it probably explains why she wasn't mm-hmm. on board for that and they probably changed the ending after they were in production, production you're right. I, I don't think Foster would have gone through with it with the, the book's ending right mm-hmm. did um, you ever see Manhunter? Which was the original? Yeah, I did, but yeah. long time ago. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's like if you've seen Silence of the Lambs first, it's weird. Watching. It's hard to yeah. separate. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. that kind of disconnect. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just funny seeing the guy from um, oh, what's that? CSI as a uh, William Peterson as the uh, main character because he's basically the Jodie Foster character. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's on Netflix. So. Yeah, I think it came out in eighty six, eighty five. Um, and what it, see, Malin's got this huge list. See, that's the I like people that come over. Oh, well, no, I just jotted it down here, uh, but I've been thinking about it a little bit. Um, Jack Torrance mm-hmm. from The Shining. So the father, which is horrifying. So I, I find zombies horrifying because it's, especially when you get to a scene where you have two people, you know, eventually you always have like, uh, like a mother and a son mm-hmm. and the son doesn't want to kill the mother or whatever and Sean and the dead it's the guy uh, Sean doesn't want to kill his mother right. or his stepfather actually kind of does but he really <laughs> doesn't want to kill his mother yeah. so there, there's that horrible disconnect of someone that you love with all of your heart having absolutely no understanding right. of who you are to the point where they're bent on your destruction which is horrible, and it, it, it has allegories with real life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in The Shining, Jack Torrance, uh, I saw that as a kid. It was horrifying. That to, I think that was one of the first films when I saw, before even a zombie film, when I saw that your family could be a source of uh, deep, dark, psychological horror. Yeah. And that was really, really disturbing. Um, even seeing a, like a really really heavily cut version yeah. late at night on TV as a kid. Did um, you? So you didn't put that as your favorite horror movie either, or scary movie? No, I was told you. Yeah. But no, but the thing was with the scary movies yeah. was what was the first scary movie you saw, right? It was, a, it was both. It could have been favorite uh, scary movie too. So, well, the first one, as I, I, I told you, it, yeah. was, <laughs> it was it was the Elephant Man. After yeah. I after I thought about it yeah. and realized it was the Elephant Man. Okay. And I'm going to skip this one because you've probably already touched on Annie Wilkes. No. From Misery? Uh, Danielle picked her, but you can please give me your, your take on that. Oh, uh, she's messed up. <laughs> she's just Put messed mildly, up. Yeah. yeah, and you just feel bad for her. She's so kind of out of control and but kind also of so like, entitled, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like Lady. Like, you don't own the character and you don't own the author. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's just like she really felt like she was entitled to this, this, this. Yeah. And it's just, it, it just got blown, obviously, so out of proportion. Yeah, the entitlement yeah. and the jealousy and the, um, that weird relationship that she, she builds, like that bond that a, um, a caregiver and uh, an infirm yeah. person mm-hmm. would build, but takes it to such 
an insane level. Oh, yeah. There's such that's such a vulnerable relationship, and then through her misunderstanding of what she means to him and what he means to her and where the character um, is between them and where fiction and nonfiction is separated between them because she's kind of devolved into uh, his relationship to that character and him killing it off in any way. And her becoming like not just caregiver but like a judge yeah. and mm-hmm. trial and jury. See, so I thought things. you were going to go with Christine, the car. No, I'm not <laughs> You're a car Stephen person. King, I no, I wouldn't. I would never probably think of a car movie or a sports no, just because Stephen King. So, as soon as yeah. you do a sports movie, I was like, I'm gonna tap out. <laughs> you like can find something in sports. Yeah. Okay, and so I have one. Okay. Irrational, kind of like the, the irrational, psychopathic. Like you can't really relate to them, but they're truly, deeply, deeply creepy on uh, on a level that I think touches. Uh, touched a lot of people's subconscious mm-hmm. fears of the irrational. Killer Bob from Twin Peaks. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Because we were so, talking about David Lynch yeah, that, and how just like I feel like a lot of his movies, they're meant to like unsettle you. Yeah. Like yeah. trigger something in you. I mean, because his, his movies, they exist kind of like kind of in the real world, but obviously something else is going on and I feel like that's like really scary part. It's like yeah. you're not really sure what the hell is going on, but I feel like he kind of taps into this part of you that triggers like the deep, dark like mm-hmm. fears and nature of people, you know, and yeah. Absolutely. When he, when he gets a, his hook into you from whatever angle it happens yeah. to be, he tends to cut deep. You know, it might be, uh, the emotion might be joy, happiness, sure. fear, um, whatever but it tends to he tends to uh i think tap uh, very deeply yeah. um i had actually thought about doing like a villain from each of his films i'm obsessed with david lynch but <laughs> we can then do I a thought, david lynch episode and then yeah, yeah. thank you you can do everything yeah i wouldn't, I wouldn't do i have no problem but but i didn't want to do that because then to be like oh man i don't want to come off as like total like david lynch walk <laughs> like I do. I, there is more to my like world. You know? <laughs> I thought of one more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, as you as you were talking, I thought because I I came out. I just thought of this because I was just watching it last night. Yeah, it was um, Bob Ewell and To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I think just maybe it's the election that's coming up yeah. and like all the craziness that's going on with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, again, like I think he just really thinks that he's right, and I think. Mm. Gregory Peck's character, Atticus Finch, he makes yeah. a really good point. He's talking about his daughter, about how, like, but I think it applies to him, too, which is she's just the, the product of ignorance and poverty, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just that's kind of what fuels him. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. yeah. And then I remember just watching the end. Like, you know you know what happens in the end. You're yeah. just like, God, the people are crazy, you know? know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. All right, we have Terry on the podcast again, who's a longtime veteran, mm. and she's always great on the show. So for this week, we're going to do uh, movie villains that aren't superheroes. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for me this week? Oh, well, there's a lot of them, <laughs> and they were all from James Bond movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't remember all of their names because they have some char- special characters about them. Right. So... So there. So you are, have the main guy who's like the the leader of Spectre. Yes. And then obviously Odd Job who throws his hat and he's got the yes. blade in it. And Jaws with the metal teeth. Yes. Those are all good ones. Those metal teeth are scary. Those are hard to pick because mm-hmm. you need a good villain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what what was the other one that you? Had? I also really like Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. in the movie Kingsman. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Yes. So his partner was that lady with the metal knife. 
like feet that looks like metal. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like him in that movie because he's actually very funny in that movie. So it was actually very hilarious, really crazy, funny, but at the same time, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like in Pulp Fiction, we were talking about everyone in Pulp Fiction is kind of bad. It's like, Mm. who is less bad? Uh Um, But even then, he plays a hitman. Uh So even though you're rooting for him, he's still not a good guy, him and John Travolta. So yeah, Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's good and everything. He really is. Yes. I agree. Those are great. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you, Brian. Thanks to everyone that was interviewed. It was another great time had by all. Uh, Just some housekeeping so that we can go through uh, things that we may have forgot while we were recording this. Uh, the person that played uh, Darth Vader was Adam Driver. This was in the new Star Wars. Uh, Gwendolyn <laughs> remembered after she was interviewed about Jack Nicholson that she forgot to mention that Jack Torrance, which was the character in The Shining, ranked as, 20, as the 25th villain among AFI's 100 Greatest Villains. So we had to make sure that we got that one in there. And of course, I have plenty of leftovers of honorable mentions of who I could have had on my list, but I for whatever reason, left off. So two of the good ones, um, they kind of coincide together. And I'll start with uh, the older one first, which is Jessica Walter, who played Play Misty for Me. And so if you've ever seen Play Misty for Me, it's kind of the precursor to Fatal Attraction. This was uh, Quinn Eastwood's directorial debut. um, And it's basically about a woman who, uh, after a one-night stand, thinks that the relationship is much more. And the male doesn't feel that way and then she basically terrorizes him which then leads to Glenn Close's character in Fatal Attraction um, also with Michael Douglas so uh, you know they while it's tough to call them a villain because they've been scorned in their own way you could construe them as as villains Um, you also have as a fun one you could have uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as the uh, wet bandits in the the hilarious movie Home Alone um you know, they, they really did well as the duo. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator in the original Terminator. But then that gets tricky because then he becomes the good Terminator in Terminator 2. And after a while, I started thinking about it. And I'm like, I'm leaving him off the list. Sorry about that. Another fun one is Shooter McGavin uh, in the movie Happy Gilmore. Um, again, it's a funny movie, but he, he does play a real, real asshole. But, um, you know, it just makes the payoff that much better when Happy beats him. In the golf tournament. In general, Gene Hackman played some great villains. Uh, the one that comes to mind the most is in the movie Absolute Power, where he plays a um, a congressman. I believe he's a congressman, and he gets caught killing his mistress while Clint Eastwood, the uh, jewel thief who happens to be um, robbing him at the same time, is witnessing the whole thing. And uh, again, uh, Gene Hackman, one of the greatest actors of all time. And lastly. Uh, keeping up with the Rocky theme, uh, someone asked, well, why didn't you pick Ivan Drago instead of Mr. T? Well, Mr. T was first, and I love Mr. T, so I had to go with him. But Ivan Drago definitely deserved to be one of the greatest villains. That being said, he doesn't, he barely says anything, which just makes him, I mean, it really what makes him a villain is the 80s propaganda of him being Russian, even though he's not really Russian in real life, and just him being so menacing. And then, of course, he was taking steroids, um, in the movie, um, so you know we're, we're all anti-steroid even back then because Rocky does it the hard way. Even though, ironically, I'm pretty sure St- Sylvester Stallone took steroids probably during the making of Rocky, but that's okay. We can suspend belief. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as well. 
Again, check us out on iTunes. And I say this every week, but we want to promote this as much as possible. And the best way to do that is to leave a review and to rate our show. So by doing that, we'll get boosted in the algorithm and more and more people can hear this wonderful stuff. You can also check us out at Podbeam at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. You can check out our Facebook page for Damn Good Movie Memories. And of course, we also have a YouTube page for Damn Good Movie Memories. All right, until next week, this is Brian signing off. The moment I wake up before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you, and that's it.